0: Good afternoon and welcome to Wanda's Picks, a black arts and cultural program of African Sisters Media Network. And we are coming to you live from the San Francisco Bay Area and uh had an opportunity to speak with Quincy Troop um about his newest work, Duende Poems nineteen sixty six to now. And uh we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. It was the end of March and not and it was before National Poetry Month. But uh yeah, we're in that month presently. And uh Induende, which is just out uh this year, it's a collection of that spans fifty years of a creative life fully embodied. Um and so we actually taped this conversation in Zoom And this audio that you're going to be hearing this afternoon only approximates the honor it is, it was, it shall be to speak to such a magnificent human being uh, three months before his 83rd revolution around soul, (laughs) S-O-U-L. So um, if you want to, if you're in New York, uh, you can see the phenomenal poet live Uh, He is also doing some things for those of us that aren't in New York, uh, virtually. So I'm just going to run through some of these events so you can make sure that you register in advance if you need to. And if you don't need to register in advance, just make sure you are present. So um, I'm going to start with uh, an event that's happening on Friday, uh, April 16th, from 4 to 6 p.m. uh, Eastern Time at uh, Belvedere Plaza, just north of North Cove Marina, Um, and it's going to mark the end of uh, Mildred Howard's artwork stay in Manhattan Battery Park City, and the uh, piece that um, the wonderful artist, um, Berkeley Native Indigenous woman uh, from Berkeley, Mildred Howard, uh, her work is The House That Will Not Pass for Any Color Than Its Own. And, uh, and she's going to be joined by Quincy Troop, her wonderful friend, uh, who's going to be sharing work from his latest book, the one that we're going to be talking about today with him, Duende Poems, 1966 to Now, and uh, it's on Seven Stories Press. <clears throat> and uh, and uh, David Murray, he had a phenomenal musician artist. Who is from the Bay? I think he grew up, I think he was, is Berkeley, born in Berkeley, grew up in Berkeley, but now, you know, he's, you know, a global citizen. Uh, <laughs> so that's on Friday. And then, um, let's see, uh, tomorrow, Thursday, uh, there's going to be a program uh, at the Schomburg Center for Research in Black Culture. Uh a uh, division of the New York Public Library, and that's a free event. Oh, man, I didn't write the time down. Oops, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> it's called Between the Lines, the Wendy poems, 1966 to now, and um, so you need to register in advance for that, and that's also a free event. Oh, sorry about that. I don't know what time it is, but you can find it easily. And, and then um, there's another event on the 23rd, and that's an in-person one as well. That's going to be at the, uh, it's going to be a reading and a book signing at Carrie Chin Gallery on a Saturday, April 23rd from 4 to 5, 16 Railroad Street, Great Barrington, Massachusetts. And uh, and then there's a, another event, the final one that I'm going to be letting you know about. Um, it's the New York Society Library, and that's on the 28th. At six p.m. Eastern Time, it's a live stream. I don't know if it's in person as well, but it's a live stream, and um, and it's free. And you just go to the website for the New York um, Society Library, uh, n y s o c l i b period dot o r g events live stream Quincy Troupe Duende Poems nineteen sixty six to now, and you can find that. So um, don't want I don't want you to miss anything. So um, so anyway, I just wanted to let you know about that. So I think we're gonna um I think we're gonna open up with uh, a uh, a prayer for the Orish from the Orisha's um shoe Um yeah, just to sort of get things kicked off uh in the right spirit. Oh, I just passed by Ovalima, Ora I really like that one too. <laughs> um but let me see. Uh oh. Let's see. Oshun song. Oh I like that one. Let's play Oshun song from Black Notes. Yeah, yeah.
1: A gungung, ancestors on whose shoulders we stand. Black notes, libation, a spiritual offering, a prayer with props to God, to earth with water, fire, air, breath of life of the Creator, divine presence, wisdom, pow, pow, pow. connecting us to ancestors. Queen and Zynga, Harriet Tubman, Sojourner Truth, Kwame Nkrumah, Patrice Lumumba, Malcolm X, Stephen Biko. Biko, Biko. Connecting us to ancestors, struggle to progress, past to present, enlightenment to African cultural spiritual space, gracing the cosmos, the universe with aspects of the all, encompassing our entire being harmony with joy, in pleasure, beyond measure, in passion for life, voiced like the song of the river, flowing with the sensual grace of Oshun, Oshun, heheru, nanaeci, Oshun, representing the beautiful, the feminine features of life, lightly dancing to a timeless rhythm, Prayer with props to the highest, down to earth with water, fire, air, breath of life of the Creator, divine presence, wisdom, power, 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 like the nucleus, the core, black, sweet, black, woman, energy, strength, black, man's energy, complementing, black. Fine. Yeah, Connecting yeah, us oh, to Anne yeah, yeah, Martin Luther King, Queen T, Imhotep, Zumbi, David Walker, Nat Turner, Adam B. Wells, Marcus Garvey, yeah, yeah, Medgar Evers, Fannie Lou Hamer, Fred Hampton, George Jackson, Bob Marley, Peter Tosh, John Henry Clark, yeah, Fela, Fela, Ani Kulapo, Puzi. Connecting us. The ancestors struggle the progress, past the present the future, transcending space and time, ancient the future. Black milk, libation, and pious, a spiritual donation to creation, creatively opening the way from this day forward for divine melody, presence, rhythm.
0: Uh, 2022 by Quincy Troop is amazing. His work stylistically so varied I found it hard to read without savory breaks to sit in the work splashing the images and sounds tasting the specificity of spoken language. The work anchored in black space, memories crabs walking sideways haints or spirits living on ocean floors where dry bones rest. In Duende, poems, 1960. 66 to now, just out on Seven Stories Press this year, Quincy Troop fuses black liberation love songs into a civil critique that forgets nothing as it queries everything. Using language like graphite on canvas, Troop crafts work that recasts what seemed holy. S-E-A-M-E-D. Stitches unraveled, candles relit, light bulbs left unscrewed. This survey of old and new work reminds his audience of what we, black people, left behind. How much of what we are is creative invention and grace. Duende documents this amazing journey, true both example and guide. His life is our life, too. We all come from the same waters. Excerpted here are Embryo, 1972, Snake Bite Solos, Snake Back Solos selected poems nineteen sixty nine to nineteen seventy seven skulls along the river nineteen eighty four weather reports new poems nineteen eighty four to nineteen ninety nine nineteen ninety sorry choruses nineteen ninety nine trance circularities new and selected poems two thousand and two the architect the architecture of language two thousand and six <laughs> Arancities, 2012, 7-Elevens, um, Ghost Voices: A Poem in Prayer, um, 2019, Seduction: New Poems 2013 to 2018, New Poems 2019 to 2020, and there are no more poems because he writes every day that are not in this collection. So the collection is already out of date. <laughs> Yeah, he is a living, living word for sure. Don't be intimidated by the two, by the 656 pages. Just take it one poem at a time. There are praise songs for ancestors, Kobe Bryant, Aretha Franklin, Derek Walcott, Toni Morrison, Sekou Sundiata, Michael Jackson. Tributes to John Coltrane, Lady Day, and Dinah Washington. A dirge for Mike Brown, Tamir Rice, and Trayvon Martin. He also writes about family, loved ones, and friends. The collection opens with embryo for his mother, Dorothy Smith Troop Marshall. Themes traverse the work alienation and reunion, memory and recreation, ancestors, politics, spirit, a connecting tissue that keeps the wayward bound safe. There's a poem about President Biden, Nancy, Senator Nancy Pelosi, and many that mention President Obama. The location for the stories or poems move and shift between California and New York, Ghana, and Guadalupe. We ride the subway, sit on beaches, walk through busy city streets, listen to music, travel into interior spaces and matters of the heart. Several poems are to his wife, Margaret. How many collections do you own where a black man honors his wife? And again, we spoke to uh, Clancy during... um, uh, International Women's History Month. So I asked him if he could like, you know, I wanted him to celebrate, you know, the women in his life, you know, in that conversation, and he did. Even if it is April, you know, every month we should be honoring the womb that bore us and the wombs that bore the wombs and all the wonderful women that you know and the girls that will be women. (laughs) Because without us, you know, the world does not go around. Musicality is present in all the work sung easily in the longer pieces, which fly over, which fly. <laughs> uh, musicality is present in all the work sung easily in the longer pieces, which fly on wings of blackbirds without pronunciation, without punctuation. I must be nervous. <laughs> Eyes travel slowly so we don't get kicked off the boat or out of the crowded van. We make notes to return later, these notes in the margins on papers, on pages where we read a word we don't know or can't pronounce, or where we read a word we don't know or can't pronounce. Is this a troop creation, we wonder, as we continue to the next word, give up and take a Google break. Troop is erudite, brilliant. One wonders how he writes so well and so prolifically. My favorite sections so far are those with haunting imagery, The sections that have a soundtrack, the poems I hear, waves crashing and birds calling, circling and diving. I appreciate the longer work that acknowledges the wounding and the scars black people carry. Love is what has saved us, and it is visible in the art. The words illustrate, along with actual illustrations. Duende is a magical black love story. The ending is happy despite the tragedy, despite the horror. Truth walks sings, dances us through the history that is our story in this experiment called America. He doesn't tell us to watch out. He tells us to listen and follow the rhythms into those spaces we know only when we arrive. It is a beautiful work. The man is a genius, a brilliant conjurer who has honed his craft well. Duende, a sample that, with each moment passed, becomes out of date, yet truth is never dated, so neither is this master conjurer who calls on the spirit world to ride with him into these spaces we visit too seldom. It's where the memories are freshest and with medicine assured to cure. Duende is encouraging to those who might despair. It tells us there is no need to worry. As long as we keep spinning floss into gold, we win the battle. A Southerner born July twenty second, eight uh, July twenty second, in St. Louis, Missouri, Troop's muse plays bass, sings tenor, and wears blues. The recipient of numerous awards, the scholar, poet, teacher, thirty years at San Diego State University, now lives in Harlem with his wife, Margaret Porter Troop. And again, I mentioned he has a lot of events happening in New York. Uh, And online, for those of us that weren't there, you know, we can travel with him via, you know, technology, which is awesome. So without further ado, I am going to um, open the way again, this time with Zion Trinity um, uh, singing the prayer for um, H.U. Legba. And then we're going to go right into the interview, which is... I think, like two hours long. <laughs> so, enjoy. Oh! <laughs> I just wanted to tell you, um, you know, your your book, um, it is just such a gift to us. Oh, uh, yeah, glenday poems, nineteen sixty six to now. I mean, what what an archive! I, I started like referring to it as a, like a Bible um, <laughs> because it's it's you know um, you've sort of you documented you know our lives through your through your singular walk. Um, oh, wow you know, through various places, you know, and, um, and then I think about sort of when we think about uh, jazz or African um, American, you know, creative music um, as a way to, uh, to, um, to talk about our experience here, Um, and, you know, art is is such a, such a wonderful vehicle for that, and, um, and your facility with both language, and and music and the musicality of language—it's just you know this is just so beautiful—and and I was just <laughs> reading some reviews and then trying to like find some background on you and I thought um, I really really would love it if you if you didn't mind um, talking about a little bit about who you are, um, okay. you know, uh, sort of growing up in the South and I, I don't know if you integrated the high school you went to, but I know you were there weren't a majority of Black people there. And um, and how that affected yeah. you, you know. First, you know, I, I read that you were you know an athlete. Your dad's a famous athlete. Um, but just sort of how how you navigated that, and then you know coming to California and you know hanging out with the you know the Watts poets and at you know that that you know uh, really um, iconic place. And you know what happened there, and then COINTELPRO Pro, and then you're, you know being in the military and you know, meet okay. Sartre. I'm like, whoa, he met Sartre, like what? Um, anyway, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, you just have lived the life, and and I just think about now, you know, it's, it's you know, the, the season, like Ramadan starts tomorrow, and Catholics and Christians are, you know, um, sort of, um, you know, sort of, uh, I guess, sort of meditating and thinking about what they want to keep and what they want to let go of, you know, like, the things that um, are, you know, because this is Lent, I think. Um, and, and then G- and then Easter happens and there's a resurrection. And you talk a lot about resurrection here, you know, as, as a metaphor and as a reality. Because that's what we do as black people, right? <laughs> you know, right. We, had, we had a lot of resurrection. We walked on a heck of a lot of water and you walked on a lot of water. And you're still walking on water with this book, obviously. It's like keeping you like floating. So anyway, yeah. So that's what I was wondering if you didn't mind um, talking no. about
2: who you are as a poet. Okay. person.
3: Okay. Um. I, you know, I, w- I was born in I was born in uh, St. Louis, Missouri, and uh, in, and uh, July 22nd, 1939, and uh, that makes me 82, and going on 83. And um I, um, I had I had a great great father, and a great mother. Uh, I didn't come from a broken home, you know, uh, anything like that. Uh, <clears throat> my father and mother divorced, but then she married another man, and uh, who was a musician, and uh, who was a, a great, great bass player, uh, blues bass player. And uh, then they broke up because <laughs> my mother was a beautiful woman, so, so a lot of men want, wanted to be with, be with her. She lived to be 99. She lived to be 99, and uh, she lived to be 99. My grandmother lived to be 94, uh, and my family—a family—I come from a, a, a very kind of prominent family, a political family. Uh, my 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 uncle was at one time was the most powerful black man in the state of state of Missouri. Uh, uh, you know, James Powell Troop, and he—he, uh, he, I mean, he made a lot of people. You know, he <laughs> uh, he had a lot of. He had a lot of power. Let's put it like that. You know, he was uh, both a, a beautiful man, but he was also had a little gangster in him. You know what I mean? So, so I got all that in me too. You know, from growing up and growing up. And my father was a straight, straight up athlete. That's what he did. That's what he did. He was a great, great baseball player, uh, great basketball player, great football player. Growing up, he was also the uh, Golden Glove. I forget what year it was open division boxing champion. He knocked out about 50 straight people, you know, and uh, he taught me how to box. He taught me how to box. He's called junior, 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 junior. You got to learn how to fight, man. You got to learn how to fight. You got to learn how to do this because there's some tough people here in St. Louis. And he taught me how to box. He taught me how to fight and box and all that stuff. So that's my early life. Uh, I, um, I was both a good kid and a bad kid. I'm just going to tell you like it was, you know, I was both a good kid and a bad kid. You know, I mean, I got good grades and then sometimes I didn't get good grades because I didn't feel like doing it. So I didn't do it. But then uh, everybody was telling me I was brilliant and a genius and all this, you know, but I didn't know what that meant. I really didn't know what it meant. It meant, you know, you know, when I was growing up, I was smart and I could, you know, I, I, I could get it easy. I could get it easy if it was a book. I love to read books. I love to read books, so I read books early. I was in the bookworms. I was in the bookworms in St. Louis, which meant that the bookworms were, you, you were at the library, you read in the library, and the people who read the, the most books got the big bookworm with a book through it, with a worm through the book, a metal, metal, metal thing, and I always wanted to be number one. I always finished number two behind Earlene Richardson. Erroline Richardson always won. I used to hate her, you know, but she was my friend. <laughs> I used to hate her because she won all the time. She won, she, she, used to, she, she used to win. I finished second all the time behind me. Walter Lipsky. Finished third all the time, and but we both hated hated for a long time. Erroline, because she always won, and I remember one time inviting her, inviting her out to fight, you know, because I was so mad with her because I finished one one book behind her. You know, she won anyway. And so that I got so angry. Uh, I said, well, come on, see if you can beat me up. See if you can beat me up. That's what I She said, I'm not going to fight you. I'm not, I'm not one of those kind of people who like to fight people. And uh, so that, that was a part of me growing up, you know, growing up. Um, and uh, <clears throat> so I had a good time growing up because uh, my family, like I said, my family was a noble family. And people knew about me. Uh, in St. Louis growing up. And, uh, and then as an athlete, they knew about me because we were, we were state champions. Uh, Beaumont was a state championship basketball team, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I was on that team. And uh, so, you know, that, that kind of thing uh, led to a certain kind of uh, reputation for me growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, that was it growing up for me. But at the same time, uh, I went to Grambling College on a basketball scholarship. Because of the fact that I had gone to all white schools for a long time in St. Louis, I didn't want to go to any more white schools because I was fighting those white guys all the time. Those white, 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 white guys, you know, they they get mad if the girls, the girls like you, you know, that was, we were the first generation to integrate the school. So we were over there with white girls, and it was a few black girls, it was mostly white girls, you know, and so I, you know, I was sneaking in the park with them. I was sinking in the park whenever I could get a chance, you know. And uh, so the white guys didn't like that. And I remember I told this white guy one day, "Well, I can't help it if they like me, man. You know, they don't like you. It ain't my fault. You know, it's not my fault. What I mean, what? Are, why, why are you angry with me? Why, why don't you? Why aren't you angry with them? You know, you're angry with me. You know. So I had a kind of interesting high school career, you know, because of that being on the basketball team and being this other person going out with white girls and, and black girls, but the black girls wasn't living around in the neighborhood. So I had to go back down to my neighborhood to do that. You you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it was, it was one of that, it was mixed. And so I was used to being around white people early. You see, mm-hmm. I was, I was used to being around white. I want to get it all this out. That's why I'm just running it down like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, my father <clears throat> played baseball He went to Cuba, he played in Cuba, played in Mexico, Puerto Rico, and he he would take us with him. He would would take us with him. So I'm down there, and I didn't know what they were saying because they were speaking Spanish, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and I was being taken care of by women, women, uh, Puerto Rican women, Mexican women, Cuban women. You know, because I was growing up, and so yeah, you know, I, I you know I just had a unique kind of life growing up. I I look back on it now. I'm writing my memoir now, and so it's, it's called the Accordion Years. And I'm writing that now. I'm not finished with it. I'll probably finish with it sometime sometimes later on this year. And but you know, I'm looking back and I'm saying like, wow, I had an interesting life. You know, I really I really did. And all those people, Satchel Page. Uh, used to be come by the house, the baseball player, all those people would be in the house and uh, they, you know, they would be in the house and, you know, it was just unique. It was unique. And I, and, and, and my parents provided that for me. And I, you know, I, uh, they provided that for me by the time I, and, and then I'm going to finish this up. By the time I graduated from high school, um, I had all these scholarships to play basketball and baseball. And uh, my father wanted me to go to Grambling. Uh, he wanted me to go to Grambling College because he, he was a base. My father had, by this time, had become a baseball scout. So he knew the president of Grambling College, President Ralph Emerson Jones. And so he said, I, I don't can I bring him? He said, bring him down, bring him down. And he was also the baseball coach. Uh, the president of the college was the baseball coach. So I go down to Grambling and I was a pitcher. I was a pitcher. And Call me little troop, little troop, little troop. You know, throw that fastball, throw that fastball, throw that fastball. That's what he would be saying. And I'm looking at this guy, who was the president of Grambling College, but he was also the baseball coach. <laughs> and I could never get that together in my head. You know, like, you know, like, like he's telling me to throw that fastball, throw that fastball. And and then when I see him, I go, hey, hey buddy, coach, I'm. Gonna... He said, no, I'm, I'm the president. I'm the president now. I I'm rather <laughs> So I was a little confused, you know, I was a little confused behind him, had, having both those dual dual roles, you know, the baseball coach and the president. So it was an interesting kind. It was a, uh, it was an interesting time, but I was at that time, and I can't. That's the only way I can put it. I was very angry. I was very angry about a lot of stuff, and uh, um, and I was running with the wrong people in St. Louis. And so I was running with, the, and I did not, I loved to beat up people, mm-hmm. you know, because I could. I was a boxing that. And, and, and so, so at Grambling, the football players, they, 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 you know, I stayed in a room at first with these homosexuals. It was the first time I'd ever really <clears throat> paid attention to any homosexuals it was when I was in, I was in, they had four people in the room when I first got there. Two of them were homosexuals and, and another guy friend of mine, and I, I didn't think nothing about them because the homosexuals were very nice. they were nice they were good good people, you know what I mean? They didn't bother me. I told them, I said, "Look, I don't care who you go to bed with, but don't mess with me, you know because <laughs> I'm not in that. I don't mind you being like that, you know, but do not do not sneak up on me in the, at, at the night and try to think you're gonna get some." you know what i mean because that ain't happening it's not happening okay and they said oh, no 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 i wouldn't do that i wouldn't do that so i never had a problem with homosexuals never i haven't to th- never not to this day and because the ones that when i met them they were cool they were cool with me uh they were smart uh they read books like i did and it was they you know it was normal it was just normal they were just homosexuals they like they like guys and i didn't you know but they didn't bother me so I've never had a problem with uh, homosexuals, m- men or women. I have never had that problem. Never. Is that a lot of people had that problem. I never had it. You know, I just never had it. So growing up and went, going to school and grambling college, and I finally, you know, I got kicked out of grambling for beating up this guy from Dallas, Texas. Wow. Oh, yeah. Because he, 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 he said, that's why I'm telling the story in front. He kept saying, yeah yeah the punk that lives in the room with the with, with the with, with the faggots the punk that lives in the room with the faggots i said you are you are you talking to me <laughs> you talking to me and he said yeah i'm talking to you punk you live you the one living in the room so i just knocked him out <laughs> i just hit him right on the spot you know and he went down and his friend jumped in it and i beat him up he was a football player i beat him i just beat him up you know what I mean? So they were like, "Wow, this guy's crazy." He's, I, I you know, but I wasn't crazy. I just didn't take no stuff off of, off anybody, mm-hmm. you know. So the coach, Coach Robinson, uh, who, was, who was the baseball coach and the football coach, Coach Robby, who was a basketball coach, and the president had a meeting with me, mm-hmm. son, son. What you got to remember? This is not St. Louis, Missouri. I know St. Louis is a violent place. This is Grambling College. This is a college, okay? You don't you don't be doing that fighting down here, okay? I said, hey, look, yo, Chris, they saying nasty things to me. They threatening me. Well, you gonna let just let it go? I said, I obviously I can't let it go. <laughs> well, you know, I can't let it go. I can't let it go. I'm not gonna be called all these names now. You know. Well, you we'll give you one more chance. We will give you more. One more chance. I said, okay. And I beat up another guy because he called me the same thing. Same thing. <laughs> the same thing. And they put, put me out of grambling. They put me out of grammar. So you can come back in the fall. You go back up, go back to St. Louis and you learn some sense. And I'm saying to myself, I got to learn some sense. Why I got to listen to these people? Why I got to be called all these names by these young people? You know, these, these men and i came back down there in the fall and by october the same thing happened Hmm. and i just jumped on them and 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 beat i just whooped them you know right on the spot uh they sent me home my mother told me i couldn't stay there because i was too crazy (laughs) i was too crazy so she sent me to california i went out to california to stay with my father and I went out to California to stay with my father, but I couldn't stay with him either because you know, he thought I was crazy, which I was probably at that time. You know? And his wife said something to me one day. That his wife, Bessie, said, some, said something to me one day, and I cursed her out. That was his wife. I just cursed her out. And, and my father comes, Junior, you cursed out my wife. Now, I don't want to jump on you. Because I know that you, you're a good kid, but you can't be cursing on my wife. I said, well, Dad, Dad, she said this nasty stuff about me. He says, I don't care. She's my wife. You got to go. Two of y'all, can't, you can't can be in the same house. So I went out and stayed with these people who I would met. And I met these people, and I stayed out in the west end of, of, of California, which was a really good thing. I went out there. And I started meeting all these people who were writers out there and meeting all these people. I met this girl, this woman who, uh, who you know how they say, she does love my dirty drawers, you know. And, uh, and, and I moved in with her, you know, and uh, Pamela Donaghan, and I moved in with her. She was an actress. So that's how I started getting into the, the theater and everything through her because she was an actress, really good, beautiful girl, beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, But we couldn't stay together, you know, because she, she was like, she was cold-blooded. You know, she was just cold-blooded. Because men loved her and everything, and uh, I would get jealous and everything. I would get jealous. And she said, you, can't, you don't rule me. You can't tell me I'm letting you stay in my house and everything, and you're going to tell me I can't go out with somebody? you crazy. You know what I mean? You can't tell me. I, I mean, I, I'm I, not married to you. I'm married. I can do what I want. I do what I want. I do what I want and I had to figure that out that that was right. That was right. That was right. That was right. So I, I moved out and we stayed friends. We stayed friends. You know, she, she's uh, I've lost track with track with her now, but we were stayed friends and all that all the time. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> that was what the change. I started writing about that time. And, and like I said, I was writing and I got into blood, blood, Schubert right watch writers workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend, I met this guy. Uh, I met this guy and his name was Ojenki, Alvin Saxon, and I met him because by this time I was writing for the newspaper. I was writing for the newspaper. I was writing for. I got a job writing for the newspaper, and I wrote about these these watch writers, you know, and and so he. I wrote wrote, wrote this piece on him. So he's he, and I said, man, I wow, what's watch like? And he stuttered. He was he has a stutter. I we're friends to this day. Me man, 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 quiser, man, man, man. Why, why, why won't you come out to watch, man, and see what's happening? I said, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, man, man, come on, come on, I, I, I think I can get you, a, get you a room out there, get you a room in the watch writers' diverse超- workshop, because they they, they got an extra room. So he used he to with his parents, right? But he had, a, he had a place over there, too. So I went out there and had this little, had this little room right on the driveway, and uh, Cleveland Sims, and uh, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm going with Pamela Donegan. She's out there. And Ojinky, and Liam Sora, and uh, Surah, Cleveland Sims, all these people who became really famous in the Watch Writers Workshop. You know, uh, J- Jimmy Sherman, Johnny Scott. Johnny Scott, I remember Johnny Scott was, had, had, had gone to Harvard. He had went to Harvard because he had the scholarship to go, and then, and then he, he dropped out of there and went to Stanford. And Johnny was the star. He was the star of the Watch Writers workshop. You okay? He was the star. He was a star. Which I didn't I didn't know nothing about that. You know. I didn't care. I didn't I wasn't, you know. And one day he he said, said something to me. Yeah, man, you know, yeah, you you, you, you you think you can write poetry, man? You think you can write with me? I said, I'm not in competition with you, uh, Johnny. I'm not you know, I'm not in competition with you, man. He said, well, man, you know, I, you know, I went to Harvard and Stanford, man. I said, I don't care. I really don't, man. I'm glad that you went to Harvard and Stanford. You know what I mean? I'm really happy about it. And, uh, he said, well, you act like, you don't act like it. What am I supposed to do? (laughs) What am I supposed to do? So he and I didn't get along for a while. We did not, we tight now, but we didn't get along for a while. And, and, uh, and I would see him, and, and he'd say something nasty. I said, man, look here. Let me tell you this. Don't say nothing to me, man. I said, you know, I have to tell you this. I'm from St. Louis. St. Louis knocked people like you out. Okay? And I don't mind knocking people out. But I like you, so don't talk to me like that. I'm, getting, I'm, getting you, I'm telling you up front. <laughs> don't, don't ever talk to me like that. So he stopped. He stopped. He said, okay, man, I'm, I'm not violent like that. I said, well, I can be, I can be violent. I can be violent. I'm not saying I like being violent, but I know I grew up around violent people, you know, people that most of my friends are dead. that I grew up with in St. Louis, shot and killed and all that. I said, so just please, please just don't do that, man. <laughs> don't do that to me. And he stopped and everything. And so, after a while, it was, it, it was, it was, uh, it was different for, for me. So that's how I got into the Watch Writers Workshop. And I met Bud Schulberg and, and, his, and his brother and all those people. And, and they really liked my work. They really liked me. And, so, and then they put me on this show, the Watch Writers Workshop. They put me on this show. And then not only that, they got this tour for us to go back east. Well, I would say come back east because I was living in California. Come back to St. Louis, Chicago, uh, uh, Kansas City, and I was reading poetry and getting paid <laughs> in a hotel, you know, and I, you know, and, and in a hotel, in a hotel, and I was like, they were paying for it. And, you know, and people were in the audience and popping, screaming, so I said, hmm. This is what I should be doing. <laughs> this is what I should be doing. This was close to being a, a, a basketball star. You know what I mean? I put it. That's the way I'm gonna put it. You know, it's close. You know, people's cheering for you when you hit jump shots and everything. Win games. That's hey, I can do this. I can do this. <laughs> I can do this. And uh, and I kept going east. You know, going from Kansas City, going east and went to Cleveland. Same thing. Uh, then I came to Philadelphia. Same thing. You know what I mean? Then I came to New York City. I came to New York City, and we did this reading at New York City here, and uh, and people went crazy. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I said, and I'm running around looking at New York City. I said, Quincy, you're in New York City, man. (laughs) You are in New York City. You know what I mean? You've been thinking about this all your life. You're talking about New York City. And "And I'm here. You know, I'm here. I had such a great time. Uh, People... You know, let me into their house. They would invite me out, and so. But then I had to eventually go back to California. I had to eventually go back to California, and uh, but by that time I decided I was not going to live in Los Angeles. I decided I was not going to live there because at that time, uh, they did not appreciate writers, and especially they didn't appreciate poets. You, you you see what I'm saying? They did not at that time. And uh, I said, I, I, I have to get out of here. I have, to, I, have to, I have to get out. I have to get out of here. This is not for me to be here. Even though I had girlfriends, friends, and all that there. But I, just, I said, I can't stay here. I just can't stay here. And uh, I took a job. took a job. I got this job offer at, at Pittsburgh, Kansas. At, at, you know, at, at Kansas Little Bay School. And uh, teaching. And, and being right in residence. And I went back there to do that. It was boring as hell, but <laughs> Pittsburgh, Kansas. You ever been there? Like, this <laughs> is you know? uh I hope nobody from there hears, hears this. But I mean, it was true. It was true, y- y'all out there. It was true. Y'all was boring as hell, <laughs> you know. And uh, so I was in Kansas, and and I had a little money, you know, and all that. And then I finally decided I got, a, I got something to come east, further east, and I came further east. I got I got a job offer at Ohio University in Athens, Ohio, mm-hmm. and I went to Athens, Ohio as right in residence, mm-hmm. which was marvelous. But it was still a little bitty town, Athens, Ohio, and full of white folks who didn't like who didn't like who didn't like black people, you know. And I, I but I had learned to curb my temper. I remember mm-hmm. I went across town, and by this time I had I was I had gone I was going with this. A woman, uh, uh, um, and beautiful, beautiful uh, woman, tall, light-skinned, and all that. And she comes from a really good family, but we were together. And um, I don't want to put her name in it because she's married now. You know, she's married now. I just don't want to put her name in it. But she, we, were, we were really tight. And I remember going to a uh, to, uh, 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 club one night with her. And uh, this white guy said, uh, "Is she a white girl?" I said, uh, "No, she's not a white girl." I said, "Why you ask?" Well, she looked like a white girl. I said, "Well, that ain't got nothing to do with you. <laughs> she don't have, she doesn't have anything to do with you. You understand me? What do you mean she doesn't have anything to do with me?" I said, "Are you stupid?" Did you hear what I just said to you? She has nothing to do with you. If you think she's beautiful and you like her, that's your problem. Okay, that's your problem. I'm not bothering you. She's not bothering you. Well, you don't talk to me like that. I said, not only I talk to you like that, I'll beat your ass right now. He looked at me. I saw I saw fear coming in his eyes. <laughs> Cause I grew up in St. Louis. I saw fear coming in his eyes. I said, "I will whoop you right now, right right at this moment." Well, don't go, don't get violent with me. I said, "Well, you bothering me? I'm I, I just came in. You know what I mean?" And she was she was grabbing hmm, no, 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 stop. Because she knew I could go crazy. You know, she said, "Stop, stop, 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 stop." So I did, and I listened, I remember listening to her. And I said to myself, hmm, Princey, you gotta calm down. Mm. You know, if you wanna be a writer for real, you have to be able to not get, you know, get swayed by all this crazy stuff, you know. You gotta be able to forget about it. And so since then that's what has happened for me. Mm. I walk away from stuff. Mm. I walk I walk away from stuff. I walk away from stuff and I've cured it for myself. And it's just so, and then it's the last time, then we can go on to something else. Last, about, about, about a month and a half ago, I came home, I came home, and this guy walked up to me. I, I went across the street to get papers. And I, and I come back to, we live in a building where you got, it's eight stories high. Like I said, it's got a big gate, and uh, it's, it's um, a courtyard, big round courtyard in the middle. It's a beautiful place. And uh, this was, it, it was, uh, the DuPonts, this was made for them. They, they built it for them, mm-hmm. not for black folks, you see. They built it for white people, rich white people. And big apartments, 10-room apartments, you know, three rooms. You know, uh, what do you say? Oh, okay. Says, so I moved in there. So I, I come home, I come back to my apartment. This was about a month and a half ago, two months ago, and I come across from across the street. This guy standing out front. He says to me, "Where's am I is a lawyer, friend of mine who lives in the building. And I spoke to him. Hey man, how you doing? Blah blah blah. Beautiful guy, black guy, you know. I said, hey, question. You gotta leave him and and I and I come to the gate to go to open the gate to come in. This guy who I've never seen before. Says me, yeah, 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 you, you, you. I'm looking at him like, what? You talking to me? And I didn't. He, he said, yeah, you, 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 you. That writer, you that famous poet, you that writer, huh? I said, yeah. He said, give me some money. I said, excuse me. <laughs> I said, excuse me. He said, give me some money. Give me some money. So because I live here, and you got crazy people like that here, and because I grew up in St. Louis, I walk around with a big old you know knife in my pocket. Mhm. And so I pulled a knife out and I said, "How about I stab you in both your eyeballs? How about that?" He went, "Oh whoa!" Oh, and he urinated on himself. He urinated on himself. So by that time, I would push him up against the gate. I said, "How about that? How about that? That's a gift. Put you out of your misery. How about that?" And the guy, the lawyer said, "True, troop, troop Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do. It. Don't do it. Don't do it." He'll just be dead, and you'll be in jail. And I looked over there, and I told the guy, I said, you're a very lucky man, man. You're a very, very lucky guy. Somebody's looking down on you today. You saved you, okay? And I put the knife, and I went inside, and I went inside. Three days later, I was walking down. I came up to go out. he He came up to apologize me. I said, what, I said t- I told him, I said, don't you ever speak to me again. Don't you ever in your life speak to me again. If you ever see me anywhere, do not speak to me. Okay? Okay, okay. So he comes up to me and says, hey, Mr. Troop, True, Mr. True, I'm sorry. I said, what did I tell you? What did I tell you? I told you I don't want to ever speak to you again. You almost made me lose it. You know what I mean? So I don't want to speak to you. Okay? I don't want if time comes later on down the road and we can settle this and be, you know what I mean? But it, That time is not now, you know? It's not now because I don't ever want to see you. I don't ever, ever, ever want to see you. Okay, man, okay, okay. I said I'm serious. You know what they say? In St. Louis, we say, I'm serious as a heart attack. You know, a heart attack is serious. A heart attack is serious. So don't speak to me because I am serious as a heart attack, okay? okay, man, okay, and I went in, and he went there, and I th- I've seen him around here, I've seen him around the neighborhood, he just kind of looks, and I, I go my way, because I don't want to, I don't want to be in that, I don't want to be in it, I used to, when I was growing up, was in it, but I don't want to be in it anymore, and, and I think I've changed, you know, and I think one of the reasons I've changed is because I have a lovely wife, Margaret, Margaret is a, lovely, is a beautiful, non-violent, Beautiful person from Mississippi, Gloucester, Mississippi. You blink and you threw it. That's how little it is or how big it is. She gets mad when I say that, but it's true. You go to where she grew up, it's like 800 people. You hear me? 800 people. I tease all the time. And it's like, uh, they're so nice, though, the people down there. They're such nice people. And that's where she grew up. And she's taught me a lot about, Quincy, don't lose your temper. <laughs> do not do it. You know, you don't have to. And so now, you know, I listened to I listened to her. I listened to her.
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow, what a great story. So, I was wondering um like you mentioned you mentioned anger and I was wondering when like like how old were you when you were um like when you came to Los Angeles? I- and, um, and when you, you know, you met this, um, uh, you, you couldn't stay with your father and you went to stay with your, um, this woman who, um, sort of got you into theater. Um, yeah. Yeah. How, how old were you? Were you still like, like, were you like in your twenties, like really young? Yeah. You but, went...
3: Yeah. My, 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 my twenties, my late twenties. See, the reason I couldn't stay with my father, because I was getting high, I was smoking grass. I don't smoke grass anymore. But I was <laughs> I was I was smoking grass. I, I I used every drug that you could imagine
2: mm. growing
3: up. After a certain point, you know, after I stopped playing basketball, I mean, it was like I used every drug that you could imagine. You know, mm. you know, and since we we're telling the truth about it, that's I want to tell the truth about it because you know what? People go back and find it out. You know, so I I my 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 thing now is that I tell the truth about everything about myself, you know, and so I don't do any of it anymore. I don't do any of it anymore. Grass, cocaine, heroin, nothing. I don't even smoke. I don't do none of it. You know, none of it. the only thing I do now is have a beer and a little wine with dinner. That's, that's the extent of, 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 of me doing, uh, stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. and I love to have a, a great glass of wine with dinner because I lived in France see, and I know what a great wine is. Mm-hmm. I ain't pretending, you know, I know what it is. I know what a great wine is and I keep it in the house. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I keep, keep it in the house and the cooler in the back and all that. And when we have dinner, my wife stopped drinking, but I go back and get me a bunch. Of, she said, I don't, you ain't got to stop drinking. I know you love great wine. So I go back and get a nice bottle of wine, which stays around for, you know, three or four days, you know, and I do that with dinner. Mm -hmm. I don't be drinking, just sitting around here drinking, you know, I don't do, because I know what, what it is for having lived in France, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what my life is like now, you know, it's like that now, it's like that now. And, you know, I, I want to write more, you know, I want to write my memoir, uh, this, this book, Duende, uh this book, poems are dwind poems poems 1966-now, uh, is about 600 and some pages, almost 700 pages. Right. And uh, it could have been larger. It could have been larger. It could have been eight 900 pages. Uh, so, but, you know, I, I, I didn't want it that big. And uh, so, and my editor and I got together on it. And so we, he picked it. I said, well, you pick them. You you pick them. So I I don't want to go over bed. You you pick them. So Dan Simon picked them. Dan Simon is is the publisher and the editor of of, uh, Seven Stories Press. And he's the reason I came over there to that press uh, and left the other publisher I was with because of him. And uh, so that's, that's what I do now. I get up in the morning. I get up in the morning, have breakfast, you know, you know, I have breakfast. My wife makes nice breakfast, and I have a nice breakfast and water. I drink a lot of water, <laughs> and we have coffee. I have one coffee, <clears throat> and that's part of the um, my, my uh, uh, trying to exercise uh, um, you know, like my own self discipline on myself. So, I think that's what it is and so this this book spans like five decades you know and uh, you know you know five decades and i've been in i've been influenced and then i was talking you can ask me some questions more questions <laughs> you know i've been influenced by music and literature yeah i read garcia Lorca and all the great poets like pablo neruda and pablo neruda you know garcia Lorca. uh I read all of them, women and men, black and white, you know, Chinese, uh, you know, Chilean, uh, Mexican, Cuban. I've read most of, who, whoever. I've read them. I've read them. And, you know, I listened all the time to John Coltrane and Sun Ra. And I, I didn't know John Coltrane. I met him once, but I didn't know him. But I knew Sun Ra. I knew Sun Ra. And obviously, I knew Miles Davis real well. I knew him really, 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 really well. He's from East St. Louis. First band he played in was my cousin Eddie Randall's band. And that was that was it. That's, you know, because Miles didn't like to speak to people. So I remember when I first met him, and then this, and then I'll stop. And he says, um, I was doing this piece on it for Spin Magazine. So he's looking at me. He's looking at, at I'm sitting at the table and <laughs> he's looking at me. And the first thing he said, man, and you've got a weird looking, look. you've got a weird looking. MF, you about a weird looking MF. You are you so weird looking. Cause my dreadlocks are longer than. And I said, more than that, man. You know the first band, I, first band you played in was my cousin Eddie Randall's band. Eddie Randall was your cousin. I said, yeah, yeah. Eddie Randall was my cousin. He said, well, don't sit there and look like a sit there and look look like a fool. Ask me a question. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's doing. Ask me a question. Ask me an intelligent question. And so I started asking him a question. And he was like shocked by how much I knew about him. You know what I mean? He was like stunned. I, I had I had researched him all up and down. Mm-hmm. He said, what is you, we said, what are you a detective? <laughs> he said, I said, something. what are you a detective? I said, no, man. I, 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 I looked you up. I looked everything you did up. That's obvious. <laughs> 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 That's obvious. And uh, so when I got through and the piece came out, it came out in two parts. It was a big piece. Ben Magazine did it. Mm-hmm. And they did the piece. So I get this phone call, phone, phone call from my agent, Quincy. Are you sitting down? I said, "What is it? What is it? What do you mean am i sitting down? What I got to be standing? Why would you ask me something like that for?" Miles Davis just c- called and said he wants you to write his autobiography. I said, "What?" <laughs> he said, "Miles Davis just called, and he wants you, out of all these people, to write his autobiography." Really? He, he said, "Yeah." He was living in California at the time. He live in in in, in uh, Malibu. He said, and he, he's paying for you to come out there. He's paying for you to come out there. I said, when? Whenever you want. I said, shit. Can can it be two weeks from today or next week? Yeah, anytime. So they pay for. I went out there. Uh, they went out there, and uh, I get out, get my bags, and come out. And, and, and Mr. Troop, I said, yeah. There's a car waiting for you. I said, how'd you know who I was? Uh the man told me, gave me a description <laughs> So I go in, it's Miles. It's Miles David sitting in this damn car. This 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 limo. I get in there and he said, Yeah. MF, I got you a gig, didn't I? A real good gig. <laughs> Close the door. They <laughs> closed the door. <laughs> I was like, man, this is crazy. This is just cra- crazy. You yeah. know what I mean? And but it was, it was true. It was that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what happened, you know.
2: Mhm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I remember, um I don't remember when, but you you talked about how, um, when you were telling people about, you know, this journey with Miles Davis, you know, sort of articulating his story for him, you started talking like him, like your voice started being like raspy. do <laughs> <I know> that. Then <laughs> <laughs> you talk about how you had to write yourself out of that by writing Miles and me. Right, right, right. <laughs> Back right. To um, you know, that, that journey into his, his spirit. I mean, you know, because, you know, that is really a marvelous journey and he really liked the book. Um, and so do we. Yeah. And and just sort of um, you know, these places that you go, you know, as a writer. Um, what I really, really like, um, I really like the um uh well you um you like you're sort of like like you you know the form um and then but then you also you tell us these poetic stories. Um your I is E Y E um I like witness, okay, I guess all the you're like a witness and you say, I am, you know, the witness. You know, I, I saw this, I am there. Not I, you know, independent, um, not connected, um, you know, ego driven, but I as a part of a body, the body us. You know, it's like, you know, it's just like so cool. And uh, I don't know like how long you've been I, maybe you've always been we.
3: Yeah, but you know what you just said, you're the first person ever to say that, you know, and why I did it, and that's why I did it, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, the EYE,
2: mm-hmm.
3: the EYE was on purpose.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It was also, you know, I was writing this poem one day, uh, I had the I, you know, I, you know, I had the I, and I said, I said, I don't I don't need this I don't I don't need I I, I need this. and so then I wrote the EYE down on the paper and I said yeah that's it that's that's it that's it that's what it's going to be from now on except when I write prose when I write prose I'm going to make it the other. but when I write poetry <clears throat> because poetry poetics you you have license to do what you want to do and how to use the language like you want to use it and uh and so the EYE is me looking, you know, at it. And that's what it, that's that's the reason why you just hit it. That's, uh, I, and I'm serious. You're the first person to ever say it in an interview with me. Uh, that uh, I always wait to see if somebody's going to ever say that. But they never say it. <laughs> they never say it. You know, they never say it. So I, sometimes be, I'm disappointed in them. I, I said, oh, they didn't say it. <laughs> they didn't catch it at all, you know. Yeah. But you caught it.
2: And well, so, you know, that, so that's
3: thinking, uh, that, that's marvelous.
0: Oh, well, I'm surprised because it's so obvious. Um, <coughs> yeah, because I also think about you know Lacan and how you know he talks about you know the real and how as mm-hmm. in in this hemisphere in this paradigm we're never in there like we're always out here you know looking in and and mm-hmm. so it's all a witnessing, you know, because this that's is right. not this is not us like. We are, we are, you know. This is us, you know. This is us. This is our story, which is not a part of the dominant narrative. Yeah. So I, I have to say I, exactly. right? Because I want to say I'm gonna claim this space. You know, you might not, you might not see me, you might not, not embrace me, but I am gonna claim this space. I am here, you know. Yeah, and your I, you know how That's you have right. like some paintings. I think this is where your your poetry becomes really visible, visual. You know, the eye follows you around the room like you're not escaping this. (laughs) You know, I'm gonna call it a you're not escape because I'm there.
3: you know, I got a good friend, uh, and you might know her, uh, uh, Mildred Howard. Oh yeah. I don't know if you know Mildred Howard. She lives in Oakland.
0: Totally,
3: Miss Howard is awesome. Yes. Oh yeah. Well, see, Mildred is one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. Period. Anywhere. See, she has a she has a show opening up here called closing ceremony. It's going to be on April 16th. Mm-hmm. The house that will not pass for any other color than its own. That's the title. Of, that's the title of her five. She has this purple house right down on in on Battery Park City in New York City. All right, and uh, so uh, I'm going to be in it. <clears throat> it's gonna be Mildred Howard, myself, and and David Murray, the great saxophonist, who's
0: a good Murray. friend of mine. Nice. Yeah.
2: I do
3: too. I do too. And so we gonna do we gonna do the closing thing for her house. Mm-hmm. David, myself, I'm gonna read, and then I'm gonna read. He's gonna play. And then we are gonna do something together. He and I, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 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 in collaboration. And and that that's what Mildred said. I said, I said you and, you and David got to do it together. Shut up, David. I I, I I I'm the one to raise David. He'll do what I tell him. I <laughs> said, okay. Yeah. I've known David a long time too, but not as long as Mildred. And Mildred is too much. She's just you know, she's just too much. So this is going to be a closing ceremony. That she is purple. It's purple and people love this thing. They just, they just love it. So now they're trying to figure out how to make it a permanent, a permanent, a permanent fixture. Uh, and she said, I, 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 don't know about that. I don't know about that. I don't know about. They're gonna have to give up more money. <laughs> they gotta give up more. Money. April 16th from four
2: to six. Oh, nice.
3: Down, down in Belvedere Plaza in Battery City, New New York, right down on the water. And she's going to be here. She's going to be here. going to read. And uh, it's not going to be Zoom. It's going to be real, (laughs) you know. And I know it's going to be packed. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's in person. Because people are calling about it. That's just what everybody, Abby's woman, Abby. Uh, Abby. Uh, she, she's put it together, and she said these people are going crazy about this program. Right <laughs> yeah, you know, I wish it could be today, but you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, but it's going to be then. So that's that's going to be a- April 16th. Oh,
0: that's going to be excellent. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm just waiting Howard, for you to ask me another question. Yeah, Miss Howard is really well known for her houses. You know, like she's got houses she made all out of you things like. Utensils and platters and things like that and and mm-hmm. and she's got a, I don't know how many she's done but they're always you know such a journey because she's real purposeful in her art um, oh, oh yeah and and I think about the whole the color purple and 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 how in our African culture you know purple yeah. is royalty and red, right. when you think about purple how do you make purple blue and red um, yeah. you know and those colors you know like the you know, sort of the um the alchemy of of mixing color to make another color. And right. and and then you think about purple and yellow, how they're complementary and what does that mean? Um you know like
3: oh, Go ahead. Yeah I'm I'm a great yeah. I'm yeah. Well, oh, you. you know
0: like yeah and then and then she talked about um like I mentioned um uh the um the program in, in February uh in Zoom, you know, with the uh, San Francisco um African American Center. At the the uh, San Francisco Main Library, um, she talked about your relation. How you all like, you know, your collaborations around the Blue Bridge and the library, yeah. and her her piece <laughs> where it's just um, punctuation marks. <laughs> and I was like, you know, yeah.
3: <laughs> no, yeah. I agree. I, I agree. She, I, you know, I got. I'm looking as I'm sitting here. I've got her her art up there you know with our hands yes we bought these pieces with our hands on on plat on the music on music
0: oh
3: o- old music you know old music platters
0: mm-hmm.
2: and our
3: hands sticking out like this on two of them here
2: mm-hmm.
3: another one over here because we got a we got her art you know, scattered all around all around this apartment like oliver jackson oliver jackson the great painter from uh, from st louis but he, he lives in uh, San Francisco, oakland you know, and uh, so his work is all around here. Uh, this is thunder behind, and great, great Ethiopian painter. So you know, for us, you know, art, 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 we, music, poetry, and the visual arts. For me, is all is all one thing wrapped up. It's just different ways of expressing it. Expressing it. You know, some people express it with their the instruments. I do it with poetry and uh and and and, people, and and artists do it with color and forms and all that. Mm-hmm. So it's wonderful, okay. wonderful. wonderful uh, 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 you're
0: you're you're um you freezing right at the moment. I don't know. I'm freezing? That.
3: Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that is. Well oh, what should I has, do?
0: It it has to do with the connection. Um I don't know. Um I just wanted to let you know. Um so Okay. That, yeah, I don't I don't know.
3: <laughs> I don't know. either. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Can yeah, you I Okay. You're fine now. Are you reading? Okay.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah. I was um you know, I really I really love uh the section in the book. Uh I, I like it when you when you tell the ghost stories and, and uh, you talk about oh. ancestors. And so the ghost voices, a poem in prayer. It's yeah. know, it's just so beautiful. I'm like it's mm-hmm. heck of beautiful. I just it's like a hymn, and you even have you have a chorus like this is the song part, and it's real like a song P-S-A-L-M kind of song, and and then uh-huh. you got the you got the you know the crab walking sideways, and I mean it's just like I mean it's it's our journey, and then you and then you tell us to have hope. And and you know and these people like they believed even though they didn't know what was coming, I mean it's just like it's sort of like um, August Wilson's Gem of the Ocean, but it's but it's you, yeah. it's 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 Quincy Truth's gem, you know, of the now, of the then, of the to come. It's just like I just wanted to ask you about that because it's so so beautiful. Um, yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, you know. August. It's funny that you talk about August. Was a really good friend of mine. You oh. know, August Wilson was. You know, yeah. uh, uh, I mean, before he was got to be real famous, but then all the way through it too. You know, uh, uh, we always got along really well. Uh, we all, uh, we, had, we, had, we had, It's funny that you bring him up because we had a similar view of mm-hmm. stuff. You, you you know what I mean? We had a similar view of art and the world. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, we we used to have. So much fun together, you know. When I do he we laughing all the time. He's from Pittsburgh. I'm from St. Louis. They kind of same kind of cities, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in a way. And but I really loved August's work. I he was just genius. You know, he was just a genius. You know?
2: mm-hmm.
3: just a genius. Um, but funny that you should talk about this. This. Do you do you want me to read any of this?
0: Oh yeah, okay. that would be super. Yeah, You yeah. want me to read
3: any of are you what, what, what you what do you want me to read? Are you from um, ghost voices uh, or what?
0: Oh yeah, you I'd tell love me. You to read, well, I'd love for you to read from ghost voices. I mean, this is like a book within the book. Um <laughs> but yeah, that would be super. Um maybe some
3: No, no, you tell me. me. Hmm? You tell me what you want. Okay. Huh?
0: All right. I mean, fine. I I I just like the whole thing. Um let's see
3: um <clears throat> give me the page number
0: okay all right i i got it like all annotated um <laughs> yeah um i'm thinking what about what do you think about three on page 478 um or or um, okay on page 480.
3: Um, okay, 478.
0: Uh, or or 480. You could just you could you, okay. could you could figure it out like which would work best you think. Um, and and even oh you know what um, this sounds like you right here on page 481 where it says here royalty passed down transformed through alchemy musical pitches unleashed. This sounds like you're talking about yourself as as you know, the creative force. You know, that's how come we're here because art is why we're here, you know? And you talk about love is okay. why we're here. So I don't know, I, I like that part. And then um and then also on page four eighty two when you talk about listen to these solos of salt waters, salt waves, foreshadowing voices of John Coltrane, Jimi Hendrix, Albert Eyer, Roaring uh Apple Apple uh, apoplectic crossing apoplectic. yeah that's nice too so i don't know i got like i said i i gotta like annotate and drop both things well let me
3: <laughs> okay I'll, I'll 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 read let's see uh let's see let's see but i'll but
0: definitely, definitely read something where you're talking about the crab walking sideways you know where,
3: where is that, what what page is that on
0: oh gosh um because you repeat that uh, about these yeah, uh, these crabs um uh, let's see mm-hmm. oh it's it, on um let's see uh oh i love the one on page um 487 when you talk about legba on on uh that's that's number seven because you like guadalupe you talk about that a heck of a lot that place
3: <laughs> well I, we, we really we really love Guadeloupe. Uh, we used uh-huh. to go there, we used to go there every um uh two or three times a year. Mm-hmm. They're in Haiti. Ah.
0: So
2: Haiti. Let me see. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So mm-hmm. let me let me do this. Okay. Okay. I'll read something about I'll I'll start I'll read some 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 from the arrival of ghost voices. Okay. And I got to figure out how to do this. <laughs> let me see. So I can be looking in 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 in, in looking into <laughs> Because I'm sitting in my front room, It's so damn big. Oh,
0: <laughs> well, I, well, I have a question too. Um, you know, when you talk about, um, uh, you know, the it, the capital I T,
3: mm-hmm.
0: highlighted it. What is the it that you? Well, mentioned? that's
3: well, that's what, that's what uh, uh, it is. This is the supreme power mm-hmm. in my own head. Okay. It's, it's it's like uh it's like castrated slaves thinking about its power
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know cast about its power, and so that whole idea of it you know for me became uh uh, uh kind of uh trying to talk about the uh, the supreme creative being mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh, without saying God got it. Okay, that's what that that's what that means for me. Right. Let me see. Let me see. let me let me try try to do this like this. Okay, C- can you can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. The arrival of ghost voices in the dead of night. Ghost voices come surround me here in sleep. Caressing spirit lover seduces me. You also, reader, listener, if you are attentive, deep in the dark, deep in the dark, thoughts prowl out of limits of space, hover, cajole inside dreams, hold back nothing from cocked ears that know words, sometimes are imprisoned inside correct speech, lacerated with fawning taste. Still, there are nuances, as the sharp blade of a knife reveals. Hidden sweetness slicing through pink-green blush of a mango skin reaches the golden flesh of stringing nectar, nectar what the palate sometimes evokes in complex similes metaphors, A rapier authority is unleashed inside moment inside moments of pleasure here. Reading poetry finds meaning confused inside pure wordplay. Linguistic puzzles hidden without sound, voices can replicate themselves within effete circles. Silver tongues flap without surprise sown, the words arrive in a whisper of strangled voices, close to being mute as castrated slaves singing about its power, reflection of choruses of fond sickle fans. So I am hearing voices carrying true measures of music, identifying beauty here, ricocheting blues, the terrible passage of pitch voices haunting hoarseness from swallowing salt water during the journey crossing the Atlantic raises up side by side, glowing ghost hyenas, translucent piranhas, searching for flesh somewhere in fresh river water, in green place full in a green place full of blood sucking flowers, gigantic mosquitoes carrying deadly diseases known only to red-eyed pygmy alchemists. In my fever dreams, I am hearing sacred chants from dancing priests. Red-eyed witch doctors who know secrets somewhere in the underworld of death will grow into drooping white flowers known by voodoo hugans, laos, who alchemized deadly potions. Serve this milk to disbelievers. Turn them into zombies who slink around speaking rabbit words, eating dirt or clay. Now, I just want to explain some of that, you know, because some of that was, you know, in my own head, was written about alchemists, you know, and the whole thing about voodoo. Because Uh, See, a lot of this comes from when I was in Haiti, when I was hanging out with the Haitians and the voodoo priests, you know, Uh, when I was in Haiti hanging out with the voodoo priests. And they would talk to me about this stuff. You Americans don't know nothing about this. You don't know about this. You don't know about this. You're all Christians, but you don't know about voodoo. You don't know about voodoo and the power of voodoo. And I would be like transfixed listening to them. (laughs) I mean, I'd be transfixed. And they would say, tell the truth, tell the truth, you don't know nothing about voodoo. You don't know nothing about voodoo. Is voodoo is voodoo accepting in the cre no. <laughs> I would go like, No, that's right. That's <laughs> not. You know, it's not. And uh, but then I and I had never thought about it before, you know. I had never thought about it. I had never thought about what voodoo was about. But then, when I'm talking about the past, I'm talking about ghost voices, I'm talking about ghost voices, you know, this is what it is. This is what the ancestors went through. You know, from when they came over from Africa. So, I mean, we before we were Americanized, that's what people don't understand. Before, try to go back to where before we were Americanized. Mm-hmm. I mean, Americanized by European thought. Mm-hmm. European thought and ideas. You know, I, I I don't have nothing against it because it's what that's what they believe, and it's fine. What are you talking about? I said no, I'm not a European. You are a European. <laughs> you, I don't hate you or anything. I don't hate you. I don't just you know, but I am not a European. I I've been to Europe. I've lived in Paris. I have I've had white girls. I you know I've had French women. You know German women. You know, so, but I don't hate them you know what I mean but I'm not European okay I don't think like a European I had to come to that because the African guys just what (laughs) yeah y'all Europeans especially in Nigeria in Nigeria in Nigeria not so much Ghana but some in Ghana too but definitely definitely in, in, in Lagos in Nigeria you know you got that whole thing you know you got that whole voodoo. You know you got it. You know it's there, and it's and and it's it's there, and uh, I have learned to live with it. You know it is true, it is true. My you know my mother came back when my mom came back from uh, Nigeria, and I started talking to her, and she said, Quincy, Quincy, you grew up in the church. You grew up in the church. I said, I know I did, mother. I know I did. I said, but you know what? I've grown to think about Reverend Bracey was a fool. I say he just he wouldn't accept anything else except Christianity. You understand? I mean he was a learned man, he was a nice man and all that. And you went to the church and you took me and my grandmother took you first and then took me. You took me. You know my, my our grandmother took both of us and my brother to the Christian church. My brother became a minister. He believed it. He's dead now, but he believed it all the way. I, and I used to tell him, uh, Kenny, Kenny, I love you, man, but I don't believe none of that stuff that you're talking about. I don't believe it, man. You know, I, well, the Lord, the Jesus Christ. I said, look, man, Jesus Christ is, 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 you know, I know people love Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about Jesus Christ, but I, I don't believe in that. Okay? I just don't believe in it. and I And I don't. You know, my wife grew up in the same thing, but she doesn't either. <laughs> you see? And it's not 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 that we hate people and them you know. All my wife's family is all Christians. And they say you know, they say things like, Well, Ed Quincy's out there. <laughs> he's out there. <laughs> We've been together forty years. You know, but that's what they say. Boy, he's out there, man. Are you... <laughs> and uh it is just different beliefs, you know. So that's that 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 the arrival of those boys for me, you know, is is my way of being able to accept what I learned and what I saw and experienced in Africa and especially in Nigeria, especially in Nigeria, you know, because that was that was a transformation for me.
0: Yeah, I um did mention to you that uh <clears throat> that that I'm um I'm also a southerner. I was uh I was born in New Orleans.
2: Ah!
0: Uh. yeah. Uh, so um even though I was raised in San Francisco I still claim uh New Orleans as my birthplace and so and I and I've been to Haiti a couple of times, um, after the earthquake and then I mean af after, yeah, after the earthquake and then after that mm-hmm. some humanitarian aid. Um but yeah i i i celebrate all of our our spiritual heritage you know yeah. like indigenous like ours <laughs> yeah you know because because with that that particular those particular you know tools we're able to like be a better eye you know the eye that's and right then we get the language on how to articulate what we're experiencing what our people are experiencing so um as opposed to translating it you know how you know <clears throat> you know with with these various African spiritual tradition that came over on those ships, you know, our people had to translate it through Catholicism or through Seventh-day Adventists or through all these of just being direct. And so right. when you go to a place like, you know, um, uh, Ila Ife or uh, Oshokbo or, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you get a chance to like go talk to Oshun, you know, at the river and just be present Without all the translation, even though you know it's been like five hundred something years, so things have changed. But for yeah. us, nothing changed because we were stuck. You know, so we're like a hundred years, well, five hundred years later, still there. You know, we're like we're like an archive, you know, a spiritual archive that I think more of the folks that didn't leave, they were colonized, but they didn't leave, should be mining us because we are you know we we carry that unpolluted you know sacred you know sort of i wouldn't you know archival kind of treasures that i think if we could come together would we'll be like you know like your book is just so marvelous because of that
3: yeah well you know, you know it's like um all of these people like what you talk what you're saying uh uh I've come together with um, in Nigeria, and I remember going there, and I got I, I got a chance to be good friends with Fela before he died, Fela Ransom. Wow. Yeah, I got I got a chance to be good friends with him, and uh, so when I went to see him. He's sitting there. failure was—he was too much, boy. And ran some was—it was too much. <laughs> you know, I go there and they said uh, he they told him that I was coming, and first thing he, they told him that I was the one that wrote the Miles Davis book, you know, and all that. So he said, "Well, bring him back." And he's sitting back there, and he, he had—you he, know Feller used to just—he used to sit there without no clothes on except for his pants, and his—and his no shoes, and he'd sit there, and he's sitting there. And they said, when you go back there, let me tell you this: if he starts to put on his shoes and he puts on on his shirt, <laughs> he means he's getting ready to take you someplace. I said, oh, really? He said, yeah. And he wants you to come with him. I said, okay. So I'm sitting there, and he's talking to me about Miles Miles Davis. So you you wrote the you wrote you wrote the Miles Davis book. I love that book. I said, Yeah, and he's sitting there. And we're talking, and he's talking. He you, have you eaten? I said, uh, no, I, have, I, I ate a little something. So then he puts on the shoes. I said, uh-oh, he's putting the shoes on. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I'm looking for what he's putting the shoes on. And then he said, said, asked me a couple more questions. Then he puts on the shoes. Let's go. <laughs> and he just took me, you know, they, they drive, drive me around in this car, man. And we, we go to eat and everything. And so that's that's the way I met Faye Lorenz and Cootie. You Know it was like amazing, you know, <laughs> he was just amazing. But he wanted to talk about Miles, he wanted to talk about that, you know, to you know, he wanted, you know, you know what I'm saying. And so, you know, he did never. I and I was telling him, I, I'm gonna try to bring Miles to Nigeria, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try to do that. I want to bring him to Africa because he had never been to Africa and he never went because mm-hmm. he died before he was, he was gonna go. Um, I was one of the short. I, I really wanted to take him there. I really, really did want to take him there. I really wanted to take him and introduce him to Africa because there's so many Africans, especially musicians and people, who loved him, you know what I mean? Yeah. They loved him, and so he, he couldn't believe it. He said, you mean maybe listen to me over there? I said, yeah. No shit. <laughs> he goes, I said, yeah. He said,
1: you ain't, you ain't playing with
3: me, are you? I said, no. Damn. He was like, that was a revelation for him. Mm. He knew that all over Europe and every place else, Japan and every place else. He, didn't, just didn't, he, just, he had never thought about Africans listening to his music. Mm. Isn't that something? He never thought about it. But it, for him, the, the, the Japanese and the Chinese and the Europeans, that was normal. Mm-hmm. He had never thought about Africans listening to his music. Mm-hmm. And loving his music, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he just he had never, and he told me, "I I got to go to Africa. I got to go. I got to, you know." But he died unfortunately.
0: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was um. I I just finished reading uh, Cecily Tyson's um, "Just as I Am" uh, a month or so ago, and, oh. and just, yeah. Did you know her?
3: I know her, yeah, but I. I, I she Cecily uh, and I. Um, because I was good friends with Miles, you know. I don't know why she didn't like that, you know. She she just didn't she I don't know why she didn't. And I remember seeing her Margaret was with me and uh uh we had she we had this mutual friend and uh and we were in I think Guadalupe or someplace. We weren't here in New York, we were in Guadalupe. I think Guadalupe. And this woman knew her, you know, and he, she introduced me. Mm-hmm. So I remember coming up to her and she said, so you're a troop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're a Quincy troop. And I'm looking at her like, what does that mean? You know, I'm thinking in my head, what what does that mean? <laughs> and I said, I'm afraid to every day. Mm-hmm. Ha ha, she went, hmm. Oh, she says, I can see why Miles liked you. I said, so what does that mean, Miss Tyson? Mm-hmm. Well, I can see how Miles liked you. I said, is that a compliment or not? <laughs> it's kind of a compliment, you know. You know, Miles and I, you know, we, you know, we broke up. And I said, I ain't got nothing to do with that. I have nothing whatsoever to do with that. You know mm-hmm. about you breaking up with Miles? That's personal. Mm-hmm. You know, that's personal. I, I'm not in it. I have no clue. <laughs> you know, I have no clue. Well, that's true. That's true. That's true. I have no clue. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have none. Well, I'm happy to meet you. I'm happy to meet you. And that was it. Mm-hmm. But I think she 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 still loved Miles Davis.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh huh, and that's just my own thought, And uh, I think she still loved Miles Davis. And here I'm standing in front of her, and I'm and she did she had lost that relationship with him, for whatever you know what I mean. It wasn't my fault or nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. But here I was close to him because he had told her, and some monkey wizzle. And she, I, I think she she I don't know if she was jealous or what. I don't want to put words on it, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was strange. It was just so strange, you know, her reaction to me. Her reaction. Well, I, I did like. I liked the book. I liked the book. I'll say that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just, you know, when she was talking about um, Miles Davis and, um, you know, and 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 how much she loved him, and and uh, and his growing up, um, you know, a dark boy, a dark man, you know, in in a, you know, in a place where, you know, if you're black that's true it wasn't it wasn't beautiful
3: yes yeah, and
0: true. and 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 what happened to him and his family, um you know, because you know he was a dark skinned person, that's and I true. was thinking when you were talking about you know him going to Africa you know and being loved and being embraced, how healing that would have been for him if that's right because everybody talks about that when people go to Africa like you know you think about the civil rights veterans um like Bob Moses, who went to Tanzania stay, you know, just mm-hmm. took his whole family and they had, they stayed a few years to just like get over this, you know, cause they're like, you know, it was horrible what happened to those of our people, you included, who grew up in segregation. Oh, yeah. You, know, you talk about the anger that you eventually were able to like turn down, but it still can come up, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, cause it's not gone. It's just turned down.
3: Right. Immediately, if not sooner, mm-hmm. I mean, it comes up immediately.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know,
3: uh, uh, you know, it's it's like it's it's just you see, like my, my you know, it's funny. Uh, Margaret is my wife. You know, she grew up like I said in this little small town in Mississippi, is mostly all black people. You know, it was uh, it was some few whites that lived around there, and it was uh, beautiful, beautiful down there. But it was like. And the way uh the way uh they talk about black people you know this white guy said I mean he's supposed to be nice and all that and he said yeah oh yeah yeah um and, and he said this nasty little yeah a little snide thing about Martyr. and I I looked at him I said don't you ever put my wife's name in your mouth to me okay I said, "Cause I will hurt you. <laughs> I, will, I will really see if you can fight." Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. He goes, "Oh, I, I, I." I said, "Yo, I'm telling you. <laughs> you know, I didn't say it. You said it. I wouldn't say that about your wife. You know, a little snide, little snide, backward stuff." I said, "You, yeah, you talking to me? I'm from St. Louis, Missouri." We hurt people like you. Okay, and I don't want to go there. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, man, it's, it's kind of late to be sorry. You can lose your life for doing something like that. You know what I mean? It might be a little late, boy. You know? what I said, but I, 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 I'll, I'll forgive you. You know, for this one time. But don't ever. Don't you ever, you know, go there again, ever. And I don't see him anymore, but he don't, he don't, I I used to see him, but he he stopped saying, he didn't say nothing ever. Because, you know, I I grew up in, like I said, a a really um, powerful family. And one of the things that I got from growing up in a powerful family, you don't take nothing off nobody. You are a worthy person, you know. Mm -hmm. The troops, we are worthy. We are worthy family. We are worthy people. And, uh, you know, we ain't got to take nothing off nobody. Black or white or yellow, red, whatever, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. And I've carried that through my life. I've carried it through my life. Um, You know, through through my life. I don't run around bothering people at all. But don't say nothing stupid to me (laughs) or my wife (laughs) or my kids or whatever. You know, Mm-hmm. my my son just left here this morning my son is, is is just a big time business guy you know you know his name is Quincy Brandon Troop and uh, he just left this big job to go to another job i mean making a fortune you know and uh, i mean he you know he's totally successful but he's hurt now because he's broken up with they he's broke up with his wife you know of 25 years and I'm and I'm trying to like say, and I know her, you know. Her family, her family has a little problem. They got a little. Uh, see, we don't feel inferior, but they feel kind of inferior. I don't know why why they do, but they do. And uh, and he was saying he could not go back with her. Hmm. He couldn't go back to her because because you know, I mean, he just he can't deal with it. You know, can't deal with the way she feels about herself. You know. Hmm. Mm-hmm you know, about her, the way he, she feels about herself. He says, hard, you know. Mm. And he just left here today. You know, he spent the night here. He wanted to get her come over and we talk about all this stuff, about the breakup and all that. And uh, he got kids. You see? Yeah. Two beautiful daughters and a son. Mm. And, and he's so worried about how they're going to feel. And he, I said, well, you haven't told them yet? Mm. He said, no, I, I can't. I'm a coward. I can't get around to it yet. I just can't do it yet. But he's going he said he's going, I said, man, do it. Do it today. Do it today. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Don't
1: let somebody else
3: tell him. Right. You know, you do it, you know. So he said, he left here saying he's going, he's going to see him and he's going to do it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> well, we've been talking for a wow, while. This has been so awesome. Um, do you have time to share a couple of more poems? Uh,
3: yeah, let me see what I'm trying to think. What, I don't know which one you want me to read.
0: Well, you know, I got like all these sticky things all over your book, but I was just flipping back and I'm like, ooh, what's a poetic line holds? Um, Okay, What page eight, is that on? That's on page 312. But then I was thinking maybe you should read a poem for Margaret um, since we, we and then also I like that poem you wrote in embryo for your mom. That was lovely
3: oh god listen and see three three what's uh
0: 312 three, what the poetic line holds
3: okay wait page 312 what's the other one what the poem um
0: about? well i just thought um i i have to look and see the ones for margaret because she's got a few <coughs> um and and then um uh yeah uh,
3: what's the know. other one you said
0: and, oh the one for your mom and embryo is the first poem in the book uh
3: what's the title
0: um, for your mom, uh, let me see, uh, it's called, um, let me see, just a second.
3: No, just I, I, yeah.
0: I, I can, um, it's called, um, I think it's called Embryo. Um, let me look. <laughs> yeah,
3: it is, it is. I got it.
0: Okay, yeah.
3: Embryo. Yeah. Uh, I'll read that first.
0: Okay, super.
3: Embryo. and then the other one. Okay, you add me first, and then.
0: Oh, I found one for Margaret. A thought for you, Margaret, on page
3: 173. I have okay. that. Okay, right. yeah.
0: Let's see. Let's see how long.
3: That's a short one. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: Would would you say that, um, before you start, would you say that these poems, um, you know, for like, like Seku Sundiata, and I love the one on, you know, the story about Michael Jackson, um, and then, you know, about our young people that are getting killed by police, you know, Michael Brown, um, uh, and um, uh, Trayvon Martin, and then other youth. Um, would you say these are like elegies? I mean, you said that was a dirge, but elegies, um uh, what would you? How would you? Because it's great, you know. As, as African people, you know, we do honor our ancestors and we do call their names. Um, yeah. If we don't then they they don't they aren't remembered and and also within I think about um, our young people that have been killed violently. This is a way for hopefully for them to be able to continue their ascension and not stay arrested because mm-hmm. the, the death was so unexpected. You know that I think they're sort of like still with us, walking. You know, you talk about zombies, you know. um, Yeah. Yeah. About about unsettled, you know, spirit.
3: Well, let's see. I got three. I got I got, um, I'm going to start and I'll read the embryo. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: A thought for you, Margaret. And What page is that on? Oh, gosh. It was
0: 173, I think. Let me see. Yeah, 173.
3: Okay, and what the poet, what the poet, Poetic line holes.
0: Yes. Is that what,
3: what the poetic line? Poetic line. That's on three twelve, right?
0: Uh, let me go back. Just um, flipping through your Bible.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah,
3: three twelve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then what? What's? Would you say something about? You, is that is that what the poetic line holds? That's three times. What the poetic line holds, and then did you want another one or what?
0: No, I just was asking the question. You know, you you um you call the names of of you know people that are ancestors. Yeah. Um, you know that have um, left here too soon, and those that you know stayed a while. And, I mean, recent, like, you know, you're, you're writing about them. And I uh, just was, was asking the question about, mm-hmm. you know, about ele- uh, elegies. Yes. Um, okay.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, see, Sekou, first, Sekou was a good friend of mine mm-hmm. also. Yes. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Sekou was a good friend of mine. And um, uh, we we really got along really well. And his death was a shock. To all of us, it was like a shock, you know what I mean? It was man, you know, I couldn't believe that died you know? in the
0: parking lot. that was so horrible.
3: yeah, It it was just unbelievable, mm-hmm. you know uh, where's that poem at in here? You,
0: you, um let's see where is it uh, <laughs> i I got a flag too somewhere. let's see. Um,
3: that'd be a nice one to read for him
0: okay, all right,
3: there's no way talks about him anymore.
0: You know that's so true. Um, that is so true. Yeah, it's definitely be great to call his name. Um, and did you know Michael Jackson? Because that piece you wrote on him is really beautiful.
3: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I got to know him. I got to know him because I did a piece on him, big piece.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So you, do you want me to read that too, or what?
0: Oh no, no, I, no. Satan okay, that was good. No, I, I okay. just, I just liked all the research no, I got that you, went into don't... that because I'm like. Wow, you really, you know, the way you talked about um, sort of what he was struggling with, um, you know, his dad and the brutality and... the and you
3: that uh, on you? you
0: um, I'm still looking for Sekou. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh,
0: yeah, I'm looking for Sekou. You mean the Michael Jackson one? You know? No, 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 no. Sekou. Oh, Sekou. Okay, I'm still looking. So you can keep on talking. Tell, tell us about um Sun Ra while I'm looking for Sekou for you.
3: Uh Sun Ra. Sunrise was incredible, you know. I, I, you know, like I said, I used to write for Spin magazine and all these news and 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 the Rolling Stone and mm. and um, the Village Voice and New York Times and uh, uh, <clears throat> and you said you, we talk about Sunrise, right? Yeah,
0: Sunrise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
3: And so you know, I I always loved Sunrise music, and uh, I always loved his music, so. I, I I went I went to hear him play, and uh, and, uh, and 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 somehow I got I got to go back because I knew some people that knew him. So we were working with him, and they took me back to meet him. And uh, he it was funny. So and in, in and so he was just open to me, you know, like yeah, well, you know, we can do we can do 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 something, you know. And so that's how I got to meet him. You know, I got to meet him just like a journalist like you and me, like you're meeting me now. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, that's that's the privileged thing of being uh, being able to enter people's lives and, and write about them. And uh, I mean, that's how I got to do Miles Davis's book, you know, mm-hmm. uh, M- Miles's book and, and got to meet Sonny Rollins and all these people.
0: Oh, Sonny Rollins. I got to
3: meet Sonny Rollins because I was doing Miles' book, and so Sonny, My, and Miles said, "You
1: got to talk to Sonny Rollins." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know Sonny.
3: <laughs> I really, no, I don't know him. He said,
1: "You got to talk to Sonny Rollins, I'll set it up." <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. And I got you know meet Sonny Rollins, and then it was, what was funny? Sonny Rollins is a very, yeah, you know, he was a very articulate. Mm-hmm. well read he had read my poetry he had read my po- i was stunned he said, yeah, I know who you are, I know who you. Are. I read your poetry i thought <laughs> life <laughs> nice, nice you just don't know that kind of stuff unless you meet somebody. Mm-hmm. you don't know who reads your work, you just don't know you have no clue you know that who who reads your work and uh or who who has been uh has been influenced by you. Uh, like musicians don't know either because you know they are up there playing and, and and they don't never they don't meet the people that, that they're out there in in droves out there packed they don't meet most of them
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know and so they don't know who they are they like they're like faceless to them you know what I mean they don't, you know they're playing they might see somebody on the front row but they don't never get a chance to talk to them most of the time most of the time they don't like miles they don't want to talk to them <laughs> you know i I'd say hey miles Hey, Miles, man, that's a guy here. He loves your music. He loves your music. He wants to meet you.
1: I don't want to meet him. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way he
2: was. He was just like that.
1: <laughs> he did. Yeah. I'm telling him, I'm happy.
3: happy I love his. He loves my music, but, mm-hmm. you know, I ain't into it tonight, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but that was overnight night with Miles. He didn't want to meet nobody. He didn't want to meet nobody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have I have a good friend um, Monique Kleska who is from Haiti. She's a Haitian, tall, beautiful woman. She used to be a model, and uh, she's one of our good friends, Martin and I. And I met her when we went to Haiti, you know, and all that, you know. And she wanted to meet Miles so bad, so she, so she, so she goes she goes to, to a concert. I got a, I got a, got a tickets to the Miles, and so she's like, I like to meet Miles. I said, well, I said, let me go back. <laughs> let me go back and see if that's possible. Because, <laughs> you know, Miles didn't want to meet me, m- 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 most people. He just didn't care. He he really didn't care. And he's like, I go, he said, what? He said, I said, my friend out here, she, she wants to meet me? I said, yeah. She said, you used to be a mile. I know a lot of Miles shit. That's what he said. <laughs> and he said, no, I,
1: I ain't got time to meet her tonight. Maybe some other time. Mm
3: -hmm. I said, I go back and tell her. She said, I ain't going to take long. I said, when Miles Davis says he don't want to meet you tonight, that's what he means. Mm -hmm. I mean, it ain't got nothing to do with you. It's got something to do with what he's thinking in his head. He don't want to be with nobody. He's going to be with you. And Margaret, I said, that's different. (laughs) That's what you talking about. That's different. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm his friend. You don't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm his friend. Margaret is, is his friend, and we know him, I and mean, so he ain't got to worry about nothing. You know, he ain't got to worry about so no, You know, he ain't got to uh, worry about somebody. Uh, you know, what like? <laughs> you don't care what she look like. Yeah, and that was him. He was like like that. Did you find the 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 the, uh, the, the uh, page full of sickles
0: Yeah, yeah, I did actually. Um, and it's, did you um, find the
3: page?
0: Yeah, I found the page, and you know, it's all uh, even the one on Michael Jackson. Um, it's all in the in the in the book um, from um, is it uh, Aaron Cities? How do you pronounce that? Aaron City. Aaron City. Aaron Cities. Yeah. yeah. So they're all from the that, that particular book, um, which for our audience is uh, 2012. So the page is. Um, <clears throat> the page is four twelve four thirteen. Uh, praise song for okay. Saint Four
3: thirteen. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Four thirteen, right? Yeah. Um. Four thirteen. You got a lot of things from uh, about Haiti in this particular one uh, book. <laughs> okay.
3: Yeah, I got it uh, praise song. Okay. <laughs> Let, me see. Let me write this down. Okay, so is 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 is, 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 so we got we got embryo. A thought for you, Margaret. What the poetic line holds. Praise song for Seco. Did was I supposed to read something for my mother or no? Yeah,
0: that's embryo.
3: Oh yeah, that's right. Okay.
0: Okay. And then you and you have the one about Margaret, right? In there.
3: Where, uh, a Thought for you, Margaret, on 173. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. okay. So you, what do you want me to do read them now?
0: If you, if you don't
3: mind. I don't mind. I'm just trying.
0: To... Oh, yeah, that'll work. Uh-huh.
3: Okay, I'm just trying. Yeah, I'm trying to do. Let's see, embryo. Okay. Um, what I'd like to say about this poem—the uh, it, poem—and it's because it's dedicated to my mother. Uh, uh, just, just a little thought. When I started to write this poem, embryo it is because I came out of her. You know, you know, I was the baby coming out. So that image is, and so I equate that to the earth of, of the birth in the earth. So. Uh, I can talk about it afterwards, okay? So, Embryo, for my mother, Dorothy Smith Troop Marshall. One, we come from earth, mother, give us your blood. Give us strong love to become seed of water spirit. Sunbird of love in flight poetry of birth in motion. Strength of cyclic movement in a family of plane curves, locus of points that move the ratio. Distance of fixed point to distance of fixed line, poetry of birth in motion that is infinite. Plane curve formed in the water spirit womb of the axis. Intersected cone, locus of points summoning. Sun, bird of love, birth in flight, distances, fixing constants, wind, storm, rain, air, water, sun, earth, spirit, birth, point of departure, founding beginnings, germinating embryo, sprung ancestors, flung from petals of flowers into. Breath streams of harvesting, I winds Sorry to distant plains that sing now, that sing now from moon scenes of uh,
2: Georgia,
3: Tennessee, and Missouri. Where life some begins and ends of concrete. Out from volcanoes, destroyed to give birth. Within wounds of solid black rock. Seed of water spirit. Sunbird of love in flight. Poetry of birth in motion. Fire songs of snake twisting motion. Slide, glide, stride of hip dipping motion. Sunbird of birth in flight raising flame prayers to god, offering up sacrifices of trees animals reptiles insects sunbird of birth and flight burning from jimi hendrix Coltrane. train mystical birds high up in the water spirit at night and in hot pitch dark, a black cat carrying two suns in the eclipse of his head swallows two fireflies, climbing eyes in the cavern of night. And the fireball that is swallowed by the Pacific Ocean, each sunken dusk, and who burns through earth's spirit water, leaps now from tips of devastated cities, leaps now from delicate Chinese finger paintings, leaps now from spitting barrels coughing volcanoes leaps now into sunbird of bird in flight and burns like a one-eyed black cat eclipsed in hot pits dark in hot pits dark climbs a firefly born in the night poetry of birth in motion sunbird of love in flight sea of water spirit And this is a thought for Margaret. Let me find the page. (laughs) Let's see what page is that. 173? Uh, I
0: think so. Mm -hmm.
3: I think so. (laughs) I think so.
0: Uh, Yes, it
3: is. Mm -hmm. A thought for you, Margaret. Margaret Porter. True now, my wife. I stretch my lips three thousand miles across telephone wires, sucking silence of wings beating down, breath space, a hemorrhage of distance. And you, there, bow feathers sleeping as loveliness, peace. We have come to this magic apart, with each ourselves alone serene inside this G music. Nuded trumpet kissing, fable dust song, skin of scarred history, long distant embraces in dreams, memory easing out of breath, rhythms gliding in and out, over and under, like birds footprints in white snow, banking down sunset skies. And now your love call coming through clear. The night winds sucking deep mystery through space. Black distance collapsing in on itself. Screaming the grip of your sonorous name. Soothing, soothing. Tongue touch. Your sonorous name. Some of these poems I haven't read in a long time.
0: Well, that's good.
3: <laughs> you know, you as you read, write. One of the things that happens is that we keep what the plate line holds. The lion can be taught as a straight clothesline strung across a patch of field full of sun, flowers, a whip in the hand of a lion tamer, cracking out commands, a geometric groove between two points, straight as an arrow flies true to the target like a flat jump shot leaving the hands of Michael Jordan. With a game of a rule line upon which sets a string of words per black, birds, black shapes silhouettes against a, a day sky, that black shapes holding true, forms a series of black hole seductions for our speech to flow through. There, it's like what improvisation does whenever it changes up whatever is said inside and through a line like jazz riffs. is perhaps what Bird passed on to Miles in an instant of rare beauty. Is what his sense of liberation was at that time, and so on and so forth ad infinitum. On the other hand, the line can be loose as a goose follering in clear water, shaking a tail feather, baby, whatever the mind holds true as this artistic inclination is what the poetic line stretches our deep limits out into. Is what, is what, is what the poetic line stretches our deep limits out into is a moment we can dive through. Find the other side, and that is what possibly shapes the line. Whatever the imagination is able to manage, hold on to. The music there, holding a snaking flow of words that act like notes embedded inside a composition is what the line holds. Clues, perhaps a fragment, a sliver, a tooth hip. By a glancing ray of sun, can he focus so low, So on and so forth, so forth. And in the night, song was a good friend of mine. Like that, um, you know.
0: Um I don't I don't know what's happening but um the uh are um you're getting like when you're reading the yeah it's it's not it's not flowing like it's getting stuttering you know in the program like Zoom so um yeah I don't know um do you think we could ask Margaret um like what we might be able to do cuz I want to make sure that people can hear the poem Okay, um, and, and, not, and not and not lose the words.
3: Let me call Margaret. Margaret, I don't know where she is. <laughs> I might get up and go and find her. Okay, no problem. No, you know, you know, you know. That's why one of oh, she wants. See, one of the reasons I I like to have the poems, is so I don't have to read on the book. So I can put them on this thing here. So I can read them off of that, so I won't have to be looking back. Before. Oh no, no,
0: that's no problem. No, okay. That's, that's okay. That's not the problem. I just want people to be able to hear you, and, um, and it's, it's doing what Zoom does. Hi. We wanted hey. to ask you for some technical support. Um, for some reason, um, sometimes when Quincy is, is reading or yeah. talking, he kind of freezes a little bit and okay. I wanted to ask you to tell me, who that. me Okay. So, it's just our network. Uh let me uh try another Another thing we could do is, um, we could just use the phone, and and you could be, we could use your the camera, and you could just call in on the phone for the sound part. You're, you're muted now. Un unmute Clancy. I'll
3: meet you, Mike Quincy. How's
0: that? Oh, that's good. Oh, super. Yeah. So is it better? Do you want him to do the phone or you want to try this? Oh, this is good. I can hear you. I can hear you real well without the stuttering mm-hmm.
3: of, the, of the program. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to start. Go ahead. I'm going to try to read, read this form. What do you want me to do? You want to read this form or you want to ask me some more questions?
0: Oh no no! I just wanted you to um, I wanted to make sure that
3: you know, okay.
0: all the poem could be heard. So okay,
3: okay, go ahead and keep on reading. Okay, I gotta set it up so that I don't have to. Like I usually, like I said, I usually xerox all the poems I'm gonna read.
2: Oh,
3: and okay. I put them on this thing so it's not so hard. And I'm not. I'm looking right, right at it, and I can look back and forth to you. Okay, but with the with with the book like this. I have to hold the i have to <laughs> i have to hold the book and the book is, the book is as you know the book is big you know yes it it so is.
0: it's a problem it's a
3: problem it's yeah cause
0: i i have the book in my lap, so yeah. it's okay if you're looking down and look up you know
3: that's fine um what I can do is do it like this i'm gonna try to hold it okay okay, okay,
0: yeah fine
3: praise song for sekou for Seku Sundiata, August 22nd, 1948, to July 18th, 2007. It storm and lightning the day you pass, Sekou, a sky carrying deep sadness hung down over New York City. It reminded me of drooping bags Under mourners' eyes, after hours of deep sleepless despair and weeping, huge eggplant tears dropped from gloomy clouds for you, Sekou. Dressed the daytime boppers, flooded the hot screaming thoroughfares, right before a steam pipe exploded on 41st Street near Lexington Avenue blowing a bawling gray cloud of debris through a gap, gaping, sweltering hole, and swallowing whole a screaming black man alive, roasting him inside his truck after burning his clothes of his cooked body, sending him pleading for help and mercy from horrified, cringing onlookers who turned their backs except for one white man who wrapped him in his expensive suit jacket, took him to the hospital, saved his life on the day you went raging to the other side, Sekou. You threw thunderbolts of lightning into the sky as you went, so angry you were. We watched them unzip the mood of the day, the place where you were born, lived and died. Watched them zigzag Through an onyx sky, deep black as the shining coal of your skin, my luminous friend. And you had so very much to live for, so much still to do. But look at what you did do, my brother. All that beautiful living stuff you laid on us, full of those memorable voices on vinyl, hoodoo priests of sacred magic. Sacred magic, singing into this place. A great dance you were, my friend. A black blues fusing rhapsodic dubop and jazz. So cool inside your prince of light persona. You turned poetry into your own dubop. Attitude you had in space. A dip in your stride. A knowing look blooming into mystery inside your been there, done that. Ever alert, sparkling Brown eyes, you were a walking, breathing barometer of hip, out of Miles' tribe, always at ease inside your skin, your glorious musical language, slide and knowing, slide and knowing, a little wink here, a subtle humorous put down there. So wise you were, so fly, always magical, running easy, gliding through who said what to who, and did who do what they said they would do. Did they believe in magic, mystery? When who said they believed in voodoo, then flew, but you knew why they flew, did what they always do. When they are turned around by directives and go the other way, Say cool, you knew why they do what they did what they do. Knew why they went in the wrong direction to get to where they said they wanted to go. Know why they went in the wrong direction. Because of their deep conviction, they felt they knew the true way. never mind the fact never mind the fact they had never been there before, but you knew Seiku, so you just flashed a knowing smile when they got lost, called you back in time again for the right directions. You just gave up easy laughter, shook your head, because you knew Seiku. you knew they didn't like dancing with some meanings under certain words like following orders because you knew they knew the history of the blues which meant following some commands might leave a black man in deep deep doo-doo confused because of the history of being black in america but you loved them anyway because you knew some of these people who sometimes wore suits Two sizes too small with high water pants showing tops, showing tops of white socks everywhere they went. Buttons, buttons straining, straining, seeming about to pop off, though they never did. Like the front of their suit coats, because they thought it looked hip, avant-garde, like Arnett Coleman, who wore bright red clothes when told to wear all black, who took strolls in the park when asked to watch someone's house. And left the front door wide open, then scratched their heads, looked puzzled when they got back, found all the stuff in the house, had just up and left, had just up and left. Who read 20 page forms at readings of 50 long-winded poets when told they had no time, no more, when told they had no more than one minute to do their thing. They read 50 long-winded poems, 50 long-winded Poems, you knew why they always did it, like this, say, who? you knew, so we celebrate you and all your who went your own way voodoo, talking about who caught the sweet bop of all the hipness inside the language, who hung out with mystery, meaning to put magic inside music, so musicians could make their, so musicians could take their imagination over the top. So, 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 solo, say cool. Hello. We're going to miss you, brother. Your sweet day breaks wide smile. Though we know you still doing the holy bop where your deep magical spirit took you, say cool. What, what, wherever your deep hip magic flew, we will always hear your music here. Your solo, say cool. Always saying, hello, solo. Hello, with your sweet musical poetic tongue, brother, with your deep humming mysterious voice, brother, that was song. Ah, uh, that's so
0: beautiful. Thanks, thanks so much. You know, for the for the reading. I'm glad we got the sound right for that one.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: that was such. That was so. Could feel the love. That was so beautiful. Yeah.
3: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I, I really. I mean, we 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 did love each other, you know. We did. We, I mean, we we supported each other. We liked each other's work, you know. Yeah. And uh, but we were also when we would read together, we'd be trying, we'd be throwing down, boy, you know. <laughs> we'd be throwing down, boy, you know. Like I mean, I didn't have no mercy, and he didn't either, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. But we, we'd always even going, ah! everybody in the place be standing up, you know. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Wow. So. Um, when was the last time you all read together? Where
3: was that? I don't remember. You know, it was probably, you know, because he got sick, you know. And, uh, yeah, he got sick. And so, you know, he couldn't read and everybody was just, you know, God. Yeah, yeah. It was hard to go see him, you know what I mean? I, I mean, I was just feeling so bad, you know you know he was so sick you know he, yeah that yeah,
0: was really wonderful when when you know someone donated the um the kidney um and uh yeah then they let him go home too soon yeah and, and then he went back and, and he died it's like yeah yeah when i yeah like it was unbelievable like when i got the news and i was sharing it with uh greg bridges here you know um wonderful um uh pj um You know, arts person, and um, he said, "How do you know?" Like I said, no, this is not a joke. You know, I I, yeah, it's been verified.
3: Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were everybody was so stunned Mm -hmm. because you know I knew his girlfriend, I knew his girlfriends, everything. You know, so
2: yeah,
3: Yeah. and they were they were crying on the phone. Oh God, I was like, Mm -hmm. it was it was something. You know, it was just. Mm I mean, even Miles Davis' death, it, it, that caused a big thing, you know, mm-hmm. when Miles Davis died. But most people didn't know Miles Davis like I did, but a lot of people knew St. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. he was a yeah. New York guy. He was a, he was from New York. Yeah. And so all these people, yeah, all these people knew him, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it was just, it was just. Yeah, it was it was it was something I'll never forget. hmm
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know your, you know your wonderful book, uh, <laughs> uh, day, You know, thank you so much. You know for sharing this journey with us. I mean, no. it's great that you have you know been writing it. You know, documenting it, singing it for us. You know, letting us you know sing with you, giving us the lines so we can too be articulate and tell <laughs> our story out loud
1: out loud
0: yeah yeah i'm looking forward to your book you know good luck on getting that down so we can like ah yeah how did you get there how did you do that how did you survive this you know um
3: this you yeah. mean my memoir
0: your memoir the thing you're working on now yeah yeah that's gonna be awesome
3: well yeah it's it, i had to think about what to leave out <laughs> it, it, you know man, that's what that's why first of all i said i am not going to start this book and talk about my whole life, you know, I'm, I'm just saying uh, it'd be too big, you know? And so I'm going to write this book, and and, and, and what's going to hold me, hold me in check is how I became a writer. Yes. So that means that, that, that cuts out all the... Well, when I was two years old, my mother took me down the street in a buggy. <laughs> you know? And I remember the rat crawling out from under. Up Up my little porch, and looking at me and his whiskers going through and twitching around and twitching around, you know that kind of shit, that kind of stuff you know you know, and the old lady hit me on the top of the head, hit me on the top of the head with her ruler because i she caught me crawling up in her backyard, taking all the pears out of the tree, you know stealing the pears or the apples or whatever you know you know you go you go through, so you don't have to do that, so you just cut through and say, This book is about how I became a writer,
2: mhm. Yeah.
3: you know and it and the real date the real time is when i've moved to los angeles so that cuts out all that stuff from st louis mm-hmm. you see it just cuts it out you know it really started when i started trying to be a writer and writing little poems terrible poems in 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 france i was writing these little poems i thought they were good <laughs> I, a, I thought I was doing something hip, you know, because <laughs> I had read Pablo Neruda and all these people. I was writing poems imitating everybody. And then when I got back to St. Louis, uh, uh, I started to, I started to read them. I said, "Damn, these are some poor excuses of uh, 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 Pablo Neruda poems. <laughs> you know, they're terrible. It is terrible. You know, all all, all these cliches in there." All these cliches, I mean, oh God, this is terrible. So I just threw them all away. You know, I did. I threw them away. I said, I don't I don't never want to see these no more. I don't never I don't want nobody ever to see these poems. I don't want them to ever see. And that was good because of the fact then I had to give all that up and try to figure out what poetry for me was. You know, what it what was I what was it? I mean, what, I mean, you know, and how to approach it. And and being in Watch, that was a good thing because I was around other poets. First time I'd ever been around a lot of poets. I was around a lot of poets and and, and, and they were all better than me. <laughs> and I admit that it's true. They were all better than me because they were in the Watch Writers Workshop. They knew about structure and all that. I didn't know nothing about none of that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, and old Jinky was the, our big hero. Old Jinky was a great, great poet. He still is, but he lives he, in he, uh, lives in L. A. He's a roster, you know. He's a roster, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, you yeah, know he was a he was he was a a big influence on me. Mm-hmm. You know, the rest of them weren't, but old Jinky was. Mm-hmm. He was, and it uh, what one of the happiest days uh, in, in my life. Uh, when I came out there to read, read after a while, you know, and I was getting the reputation and all that, and I read this one He couldn't read. He said, "You know, he stuttered. He stuttered. Mm-hmm. Brother, 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 man, my brother, man. You went past me now. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't mean you went past me, but you ain't, you ain't, you know, you got your own voice." Mm.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You 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 left my boys behind, bro. <laughs> you know that was a big day for me. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah. I uh, yeah, I didn't say nothing. I just I was happy. I was hugging. You know. Mm-hmm. He said, Well, it's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. He says, You yeah. know, that don't mean I'm saying you better than me. Shit.
2: <laughs>
3: he says, You just don't write like me no more. <laughs> you write like you. Right. Yeah, uh, and you're right, like you. I, mm-hmm. Thank you, man. Thank you, yeah. thank you. So, I, you know, Jakey's one of my all, all-time best friends. I see him when I go out there. He comes with my readings. I call him up, you know, talk to him,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and yeah. uh, so we we still tight.
0: hmm Yeah. So, besides your memoir that you're working on presently, are there any other? Um, you know, things that you want to get done? Like, do you have a, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, a list, a bucket list or something like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this.
3: Yeah. Well, I got the memoir, which I want to finish. And I got this novel that I've been writing for a hundred thousand years. Okay. You know, it's, uh, uh, uh you know, I've been uh, writing this book. I don't even know what the title is, but it's, uh, it's, it's a novel. And, uh, I look at it from time to time. You know, I really do. I look at it and I add some things to it, add some things to it. And it's, it's coming along, you know, but I got to finish the memoir first. I got to do that. And then I, then I won't have to, I can, I can take full time and, 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 and deal with that. But the only problem is, is that I'm a poet and <laughs> I'm a poet and I'm always going to write poetry. Mm-hmm. You see, and I'm, I'm I got I got about twenty new poems already.
0: Mm. Yeah, so that's another book
3: too. So, well, that's gonna be later. I, I, you know, it's gonna be later. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's new. They they're new, they're new, and and uh, so and I work on them. I work on you know I I I, I usually uh, write the first lines of the poem down in a book. And I always carry this book wherever I go.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: A little book, and I and, and uh, I don't have have it here with me. I'll show it to you. But I carry a little black book like this, or I got, I got a little black book like this.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: About that, and then I got a brown one. The same size, black one and a brown one. Mm-hmm. And I, I fill them up. <laughs> I fill them up. You know, I fill them up, and uh, it, you know, scribbles all over the page, scribbles all over the page. I put dates on them. I would I put dates on them so I know when I did it when I did this. Yeah. Um, somebody told me put a date on put a date on all the stuff you do.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So if somebody when when you die or w- when you're not here anymore, people know. Well, damn, he did this on this date and this on this date. That one on this date, mm-hmm. and, and they'll know. You know, there's a roadmap. There's a roadmap. That's so. I do that now. I do that now. But I'm 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 gonna finish this memoir first. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm going to finish this memoir yeah. and then the novel
0: and then the novel, right <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm
3: going to look at that mm-hmm. and see what I can do with it I'm not promising nobody anything on that, that's just not something I'm promising anything on because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not a novelist so, you know, I'm not a novelist right. and, yeah
0: yeah, wow, Well, I want to thank you so much for this wonderful visit it's been so fun, oh my goodness and you know hopefully you know we'll be able to have conversations you know in the future oh sure yeah and and i know you're going to have a great time on april 16th you know at the purple house you and that's right and um miss howard and um and uh what's our brother's name who's going to be performing with you i'll tell Uh, you david murray yeah that's going to be david
3: murray is mildred howard quincy troupe and david murray that's going to be awesome. Both, both of them are from the Bay Area, Mildred. And so she's talking about me doing it out there. I don't know when that is going to be, but oh, she's talking about... Are you going to come that. out
0: here too? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, she's
3: talking about setting that up. I said, well, look, look there, Mildred. That's up to you, baby. You know, you know I'll come in any place you want me. And David will too. And I'd call David. He said, yeah, i go. I'll go. You know, she, you know. So. Oh, that's cool. Is David still in Spain? He's in Spain, but he has a place here. He has a place right around the corner from me.
0: Cause you got all your buddies like right there.
3: <laughs> yeah, they they I, I, they moved into the neighborhood. They would, you know, they would come up and see what happened. They would come and visit us. And then he's 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 uh, he's married to a uh, for, to a French woman. Uh, uh, you know, he's married to this French woman. They've been together a while. She's a really a nice woman. And so she says, uh, "So he says, man, I like it up here." And and she was she was over here when when. He, he said, me too. I'm, I like it up here. I like it up here. So the next thing I knew, they had a place around the corner. <laughs> next thing I knew, they'd come, the doorbell rang like go there. Yeah, man, I found a place right around the corner from you. I said, oh, shit. I, would, I I said I wish I'd have talked to the landlord. I wouldn't have let you in the neighborhood. She cracked it up. He said, What? She I mean she's friends. She didn't she was like, what? She didn't know she she didn't get a joke like he did. You know, like she know that that's what that's the kind of shit we do. You know, what I, mean? I wouldn't have let you in the neighborhood. She looked shocked. She was like, Oh <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and and he said, Don't worry about it, babe, he's joking. He's just joking. He's just joking. <laughs> I said I wasn't joking. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: But you know, I love David. David is great. I've known David since he was in college. Oh. I huh. met I met him at Claremont. Wow. He was in he was in Stanley Stanley Crouches oh. uh, class. Who, who God rest his soul. He and I fell out. Mm, mm-hmm. He and I fell out. I got so mad with him. Mm-hmm. I you know I got so mad with him, man. Uh, you know, I got so mad with him, you know, because he was such an asshole. She was my language. Mm-hmm. I mean, he hated Miles Davis. I don't know why he hated Miles Davis. I don't know why he hated him. He said, Miles didn't speak to me. I said, Miles got a, got a, got a right not to speak to you, man, if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. First of all, you, said some, you wrote some nasty stuff about him. You know what I mean? Well, I, well I, yeah, I did. I did. I said, well, you know what? you complaining. You're gonna go up to him and speak to him after you and wrote that nasty stuff mm-hmm. that's a that's a nerve man <laughs> I wouldn't do that I wouldn't do it I mean it's all right to crit- critique somebody you know it's okay that's fair that's fair i say that's fair that's fair fair play you can say, yeah, I didn't like the book I didn't like that record, but then to go in like you did. And call him all kind of names. Why you got to do that? You didn't even know him. Just because he didn't speak to you, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, I mean, come on, Stanley, come on, man, come on, yo. Mm-hmm. And you know, well, he, 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 you know, you know, I'm an important person. I, he's, I said he don't care. <laughs> he don't care. I, I said I tell you what, you ain't as important. As, you're not as important as he is. We'll say it like that, all right? Miles Davis is important all over the world, and you not. You know, let's get it straight. I'm not, you know? A lot of my, whatever fame I've gotten came from Miles Davis giving me the first right, of refusal to write, you know, to write his life story. And I will forever, forever uh, cherish that. And, you know, and that was a, he could have got anybody to write this book. He could have got And I found out later, all these people were trying to get, write his book. And he picked me. That's an honor. It was, that's an honor for me. That's the way I look at it. And I'm sorry that he didn't pick you. No, I'm not. Because he picked me, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know. I ain't sorry. I'm not sorry. So, please, man. I said, don't, don't, you know, you don't. Just stay out of, of Miles' business. Just stay out of it, and don't talk to, and, and don't talk to me about how you hate Miles Davis. Because then you're talking about a friend of mine. You dig?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You talking about somebody I really, I really love. You know, who gave me a a big opportunity. Who was kind to me, my family, my wife. I took Miles Davis. I took my mother. I took my mother to see Miles. <laughs> and I said, Miles, this is my mother. And Miles looked at, looked at her and said, you're a beautiful woman. Look like you're so smart. How you put up with some guy like this? He <laughs> <laughs> was always like that. She was first time, you know, that he said that. Then he cracked up. Yeah, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> he said, know I'm joking." You know, but that's the way he was. You know, so he was so funny. He was sometimes he was a funny. What a lot of people don't know about Miles Davis is that he was a really, really, truly funny guy. <laughs> he was so funny. He had he had Margaret cracking up. All the time we'd be oh man, you'd be cracking up you know, he'd just have you laughing There's a lot of people didn't know he had that that kind of personality, you know mm-hmm. they didn't know, and that he was kind you know, he says, uh, yeah man, look here, man yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people in, in, in Europe want to talk to you about me. I said, okay, he says so uh you go to go to France." How about a ticket? Go to France. Go to Germany. Uh, I say okay, and he says, "Excuse my language. This is him. Motherfucker, I'm, I'm gonna put you up in first class. Goddamn, I know you ain't used to that shit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> so act like you're used to it."
2: <laughs> he said, well, when they
3: bring the champagne by, just take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He used to crack me up so much. I really miss it. He used to crack me up. My wife, like she, she, said, she said, Morgan, how can you be with somebody like this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway,
0: yeah, well, um, could I have one more poem before you take off
3: oh which one what is it what what um,
0: each of us here um on page five
3: eighty three okay, each of us here oh that, I like that poem mm-hmm. uh, I don't like many i once I write a poem i I'm through with it you know mm-hmm. it's five eighty three
0: Yes. Uh no, yes, five eighty
3: three. Uh-huh. <clears throat> oh. Well, I like that poem this poem. Yes, very Okay. Each of the, each of us here for Beta, David, and Muslava. Uh I wrote this poem after being, I went to Poland to do readings and stuff, Hmm. and uh, do workshops and talk about Miles Davis and all that, and read poetry. Hmm. And they were the ones that took us around, took Margaret and I around. They were the ones that were so kind to us. They took us everywhere, all over Krakow, you know? You know what I mean? so, wow, these people are so nice, you know what I mean? So... I wanted to say that about them, because they were very nice to us, each of us here. Beta, David, and Slava. Each each of us here for a moment in time. Dances in the air. The smell of love. Beautiful people. Those who are gasping, occupying the same space. Earth spins through light. Towards darkness, time moves leaves on trees. Stevie Wonder's voice, Tomasz Stanko's spare trumpet licks echo miles. Davis choices in Krakow, Poland, where footsteps ricocheting history over cobblestone streets carry voices of Symborska, Milosz, Bacalay's phrases of Hebert, Komera here swelling through billowing gray fog of November. Yet, mystery is here, too, real as time is, as each of us moves through it, through space with superstition, wonder. We humans do, holding fast to life. They can be seen as birds soaring with music, as poetry sometimes does. When curving ballerinas bodies into shapes, they dance in gaps while others flying through space jackknife, double pump into the galaxy, their torsos break dancing up in the air before tomahawking basketball dunks to rise the cheers. We are here erupting through brief moments on this planet of rock and water, spinning, indecipherable, the road ahead, full, packed, tight with illusions. They surprise us, jumping out from hidden, secret places. Love can reveal itself as a paradox. Here, in each of us, a flower growing in a war-ravaged space where hatred abound, despite tenderness.
0: <laughs> That's super. Again, thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. hope the rest of your day goes so well, as this part of it has for me. And again, congratulations on this wonderful, wonderful book and on all of your endeavors.
3: Well, thank you. When I come out to California, when we come out there, we're going to look you up. We got your numbers and all that?
0: You sure do. That'd be lovely. Okay. Okay. All right. You take good care.
3: Okay. You too.
0: All right. Peace and blessings. Bye.
3: Bye.